Welcome to another Monday edition of Second City Sports Real Live and in Living Color right here on Sports Zone Chicago. <laughs> Along with Miss Lakini McGee, which is she. I am Cindy Brown. Hey, that's me. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, at CK80. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-A-0. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-A-0. Follow me at Keenan McGee on the Twitter and at Keenan Oscar McGee on the IG. Make sure you follow that Sports Zone Chicago app wherever you get your apps, whether it's the Apple iTunes Store, Amazon, Google Play. Make sure that app says Sports Zone Chicago. You want to know why? Because you can catch any of our five live shows, including this one, Second City Sports. You can watch and listen to us live. If you miss any of our shows, that's okay. You can go back and watch them and listen to them at your own leisure. Make sure you also follow Sports Zone Chicago on all social media platforms. That's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Once again, at Sports Zone Chicago on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. If you want to catch the audio version of this of this program, our podcast, Second City Sports, you can do so by subscribing to War on Anchor. We are available on all podcast platforms, including that iHeartRadio app. Make sure you type in those podcast platforms in that search engine box, W-A-R-R on Anchor. And if you want to follow War Media on also social media platforms, we suggest you do so at War Media on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Once again, at W-A-R-R Media on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Thank you very much in advance for your support. Like, share, subscribe, and tell your friends. Yes, we are unapologetically fun, and we have very definite opinions. And if you want to make a comment on today's show, doing our two-hour extravaganza, you can do so by going to Facebook, uh, Sports Zone Chicago on Facebook, or Sports Zone Chicago on Twitter. No, sorry, Sports Zone Chicago on YouTube, rather. Sports Zone Chicago on mm-hmm. Facebook, Sports Zone Chicago on YouTube. Type in your questions or comments in the comments section. Lakina will get them up on the screen for you. But if you decide to do something stupid or silly and we do not approve, Lakina will give you the probably the Minnesota Viking boot. Bye-bye. <laughs> I love saying that. Uh, Coming up on today's show, as far as guests are concerned, we'll have Miss Tatum Everett from the Vikings Entertainment Network and Vikings.com. She's going to hop on with us at the top of next hour to preview tonight's Monday Night Football Contest from the lakefront between the Minnesota Vikings and the Chicago Bears. We're going to get into uh, our the keys to the game, how the how the Minnesota Vikings are doing as far as the season's concerned, and we'll get to some more fun stuff with her. So that's coming up next hour right here on Second City Sports. Lakina, to start off the show, we're going to talk about some basketball, in particular the Chicago Bulls. It's, it's been a week since they officially played the game. They're now 18-10 and 10 on the season after defeating the Los Angeles Lakers at the UC last night, 115-110. to 110. DeMar DeRozan scored 38 points again against the Lakers. 19 of them came in the fourth quarter. Zach Levine did not play because he's still in COVID-19 protocols, but... Nikolai Vucevic stepped up with 19 points, 13 rebounds. Former Los Angeles Lakers players Lonzo Ball had 19. Alex Caruso, who stepped into the starting lineup in the place of the of the Zach Levine, scored 17 points. The Bulls only had 13 points total coming off their bench, but it was the starters that, that carried the Bulls to their victory last night, Lakina. I, I worried about how the Bulls will come out. They actually started off well. It was the, we all know that the NBA is, uh, in particular, basketball is a game of runs. The Bulls started off high. The Lakers came back. The Bulls had another run. The Lakers had another run. But it was the Bulls that hung in tough at the end to pull out the five-point victory. Yeah, it's one of those things where you're, you're sort of, you know, caught off guard how the Bulls look. You thought that maybe they would look a little sluggish. You know, they hadn't 
had a lot of practice and just started practicing again on Friday. So you thought that maybe it would be about a quarter or two before, you know, they get their conditioning, go get the, the, get it going. But, you know, they did pretty well. I mean, like you said, so, you know, DeRozan, you know, was the leader in that, that group, you know, 38 points his first game back. Vooch had a double to double with 19, 19 and um, 13 rebounds. And, you know, Lonzo also had 19 and Alex Caruso had 17. So it was definitely a group effort by the starters. You know, some also some key, you know, miss, you know, stops late. I mean, Alfonso McKitty, you know, he only scored two points, but he had a, you know, a couple of key, you know, key steals late in the game. So, and they actually signed him to another 10 day contract. So he'll be around for a little bit. Um, but, you know, but the fact that they, they swept the season series against the Lakers, you thought that maybe the Lakers are, you know, we're starting to kind of get it going, but then AD gets hurt. You know, he's going to be out for about a, for about a month at least. And then some other things started happening. You know, they start losing guys to COVID protocol. So, you know, this is, this is a nice win by the Bulls. I mean, I love I love Demar's uh, comments. He said that the only system he suffered when during the quarantine was bored. He said he was bored the whole time. So I don't, <laughs> don't could, could take that for what it's worth. But you know, and and look, I mean, it's you know, it'll be interesting to see how this team looks when, once everybody does come back. Once once mm-hmm. uh, Levine comes back, it'll still be a couple of days. I think Ao should be back about the same time. Mm-hmm. Troy Brown Jr. as well. So you know the. You know, guys, they'll be back. They should be back at full strength with such a P will, you know, like maybe by the end of this week. So, you know, it's going to kind of take a while for guys to kind of get, you know, get things going. But it seems like this is happening all over the NBA where guys have had to kind of, you know, some guys have had to sit through, you know, through COVID. We'll talk about that in a second. But, yeah. you know, this is definitely one of those wins where if you're the Bulls, you, you, you'll take it. The fact that, you know, I like I said, I don't know how they've been able to do this, but, you know, look, they got one uh, coming up tonight. At home, you know, they got, you know, Houston. So they, I know they want to avenge that loss from a few weeks ago. So I'm sure we'll, we'll see how much energy they have. But, you know, this is a this was a, a good, good team win for the Bulls considering the circumstances. On the flip side for the Los Angeles Lakers, the King, LeBron James, tallied 31 points, including 11 of 21 from the field and grabbing 14 rebounds. Carmelo Anthony had 21 points off the bench, including 5 of 12 shooting. From three-point range, Russell Westbrook, who missed an easy layup. Well, I'll talk about that play in just a second. Russell Westbrook had 20 points in all, 9 of 19 shooting. Wayne Ellington stepped in and started the lineup for the Lakers. He had six points of two of five shooting from three-point range. Isaiah Thomas, no, not the old legend, but the the, the current player, Isaiah Thomas, had 32 points in um th- sorry, in 32 minutes, he had 13 points, including three mm-hmm. of seven shooting three-point range. Trevor Reason uh, made his uh, season debut in 15 minutes of action. He had three points, and he just shot one three-pointer and made that one. Lakina, uh, going, I want to go back to the, la- the last minute of the game. Russell Westbrook, he drove to the basket. He thought he had an easy layup with the left hand, but Vucevic had his hand up, and Russell Westbrook, who had a technical foul earlier in the game, he looked at the referee and said, why can I get a call? If you looked at the replay, Vucevic played perfect defense on Westbrook. Westbrook just left a shot up, uh, the easy laid up short at the basket, and the Bulls were, were able to roll on for there. I was interested, interested to see how the Lakers would play DeRozan, especially in the fourth quarter. We talked about this before, Lakina, when the Miami Heat was here in Chicago a few weeks ago playing uh, against the Bulls. They they played a box in one, and then they played a 2-3 zone against DeRozan. Uh, during that fourth quarter, DeRozan, after hitting the first couple of shots, uh, he was ineffective down the stretch in Miami Heat, won the, the first of two games against the Bulls this season. The Lakers tried that again last night, but it, it was obviously it was unsuccessful. Of course, we had to mention Frank Vogel 
is in health and safety protocols for the, the head coach of the Lakers. David Fisdale uh, was the active head coach last night. Some people said they could be a preview, but we'll get into that in a minute. But uh, the, the defense that was played on DeRozan last night, uh, it was uh, null and void. He went off as I mentioned, for 19 points. That patent free throw line jumper, that elbow jumper, DeRozan still has it. It looks like he hasn't missed a week of action. <laughs> it was just yep. nice to see if he was a bull, if you were a Bulls fan. Yeah, I mean, he said he's still practicing the gym, you know, in his, you know, I guess his court in his house, you know, wherever he could. So that way he kind of kept his, you know, kept the rhythm going. So I think, look, this is a nice win for the Bulls, like I said before. I mean, you know, they're shorthand, you know, they're still shorthanded. They're still you know, you still got guys in protocols and, you know, guys are just now coming back like, you know, you know, DeRozan and also Derrick Jones Jr. who I think, you know, is still a little, you know, banged up you know, with the hamstring because of the fact that they haven't been playing and practicing. So we'll see how they look. We'll see how they look. I know Kobe White only had five points, but again, this is his first game back too. So look, it's going to take guys a while. You know, yeah, as you can see, maybe, you know, you're, you're DeRozan, you know, he picked up where he left off. You know, mm -hmm. Vooch, you know, Vooch, you know, is starting to kind of find his groove. You know, we'll see how, you know, how Kobe looks. You know, it's probably going to take him a couple of games. He hasn't played in like three weeks. So it's going to be, look, I think people just need to give their time. I mean, look, conditioning and everything, you know, getting back into a routine. You know, it's going to take, it's going to take about a week or two before they can kind of, you know, really get into a rhythm again. So I think folk, I think Bulls fans should just, you know, keep calm, you know, Guys are and look. It's not just the Bulls. I mean, there are a lot of teams in the NBA. We'll get to in a second that are going through this right now. So I think people just need to kind of show a little bit of patience and a little bit of compassion for these guys. You're listening to Second City Sports, the live Monday edition. We're live in living color right here on Sports Zone Chicago. See Lakina here here with us. We talk Bulls in the NBA. Lakina, before we move on to the rest of the league, because there's uh, there are schedule changes coming up in the next few days. I, as I mentioned at the top of the broadcast, I was worried about how the Bulls were going to come out because they haven't played in a week. As I mentioned, they did pretty well for the situations that they're in right now. And, but the, I'm, I'm sure that the crowd was a lot. They were alive and alive and well last night at the UC. Of course, the opponent they were playing, the Los Angeles Lakers, uh, that was, I'm sure they also helped as well. But I want to go back to, I'm sure you were on Bulls Twitter last night, Lakina, and I had to start after the game. Remember when the Bulls beat the Lakers back in November at Staples Center? LeBron James didn't play. In a, a, the entire a Bulls team went off to Rosen, Levine, and Lonzo Ball. Last night, what happened was Zach Levine didn't play, but Lonzo Ball had a good game, especially early. Caruso had a good game, and DeRozan did what he did, especially in that fourth quarter. I wonder what Bulls Twitter, uh, some people on Bulls Twitter are saying now, just people around the league, probably more people around the league. Well. You had LeBron James play, but Anthony Davis didn't play. Well, if Anthony Davis was in there, would you? The Bulls would have beaten them last night. Who cares? Things happen. The Bulls are a good team. I'm not yeah, telling I, you they're going to win championship number seven this year. I'm not going that far yet. We had to take it one game at a time. But my thought is that some people will we'll see how this plays out with this situation with the Bulls. It looks like they're starting to come out of it. Well, with regards to uh, health and safety protocols, getting their guys back. But my opinion is I don't think that uh, the nation is giving the Bulls their respect. And I, I, I think when it, with and when the Bulls keep winning, people are going to have no choice but to give them, give them their props. 
And I think they will. I think if you're, I think if you're the Bulls, I think you'll you'll take the fact that you know what, no one's really talking about them, and and that's fine because I think that you know I think they would rather you know be under the weight under the radar, and I think that that's fine with them. And any and and look, I mean, look, if they don't get the you know, recognition around the country, okay, you know, whatever. But mm-hmm. you know, let their let the game do the talking. You know, Demar's not going to say anything. I know Zach isn't going to say anything once he comes back. Fuji isn't either, and you know, Alonzo isn't. So I'm not, yeah, I'm not worried about you know how the, the the perception is around the nation, how good this team is. Look, we know how good this team is. You know, mm-hmm. they're letting their they're letting their game do the talking, and you know, I don't want look, I don't want to spend too much time on this, but yeah, it, it, it's it's fine. I mean, like I'm not like I'm not like you know, get off my lawn, like oh, you all should be talking with the Bulls. Like I'm like I'm fine with the Bulls being under the radar. I mean, I, I actually, if you're if you're Billy Dove, I think you prefer it. So I, I think that's look that that's okay. So. You know, mm-hmm. fine. Look, yeah, I don't want to talk about us. Okay, you know what? We'll just let our game do the talking. Maybe you'll notice it, but maybe you won't. So it doesn't matter. Speaking of the NBA, you brought it up, Lakina. The the rest of the league is are dealing with the um, COVID nineteen and protocols uh, throughout the league, just like the other sports. We'll get to the NFL and the NHL later. But Kyrie Irving, we didn't talk about. We didn't talk. Get a chance to talk about this on Friday, but he put out an Instagram post, um, bouncing the basketball and putting on his latest. Irving, Kyrie Irving, Nike shoes. At the time, I thought that oh, he's just doing this for attention because he's he, as of right now he's sitting out due to um, uh, with the New York City uh, mandate for vaccines. And of course, Kyrie Irving has not uh, um, is not vaccinated, so he, uh, it's his right for not to play. He's even though he's getting paid eighteen million dollars this year. Uh, the Nets had a game on Saturday against the Atlanta Magic, which they lost. But before the game was on Saturday, Kevin Durant. Uh, was back playing, but, but was not not back playing. But he he was placed back on the COVID list of, of the health and safety protocols. And the reason why Kyrie Irving is is uh, on that list officially is because the Nets have run out of players. You you saw the last couple of games they played; they barely squeaked out wins. Um, um, they didn't have enough players, and on Saturday night they gave it the best effort, but. You could tell that they didn't have any of their superstars there, and the lowly Orlando Magic took advantage. Yeah, they did, and I think you know, I know people are wondering, okay, did you know, the Kyrie just positive for COVID? We don't know that. It could just be. It's just probably just procedural. The fact that they he mm-hmm. has to be in health and safety protocols for yeah. a couple of weeks, especially in this situation. But yeah, I mean, look, you know, look. I know people have asked, you know, should they should they maybe just pause for a couple of weeks? They're not going to do that. I mean, the Christmas is coming up. You know, that's their 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 biggest audience. I know mm-hmm. I think there already has been a game that has been, you know, pushed back because of the health protocols and such. You know, we'll see if any of that mm-hmm. any of this changes. You know, Brooklyn, Los Angeles, you no, know, Brooklyn's been having issues. And you know, mm-hmm. I know Atlanta, you know, Trey Young tested positive apparently. So now he's you know, he's in protocols. We know Giannis is protocols at Boston, uh Milwaukee. So don't be surprised if some games do get you know switched or some games do get, you know, postponed because of it. But yeah, I, I mean, look, this is going to be an issue for the next month or two. I mean, you're, you're you're approaching cold and flu season. You get all this other stuff happening. Apparently, we still don't know about this Omicron variant that's been you know spreading fast and furious. So we we just you know this is still a lot you know to be desired. You know, we just don't know. So it, it's gonna look. I think people just 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 should just buckle up and just you know make just be ready because you know, don't be surprised if more games are you know pushed back or postponed. Because remember that Bulls game was and Lakers game was supposed to have been in the afternoon yesterday mm-hmm. but you know because of you know lakers were having issues and the bulls were still you know getting out of there getting out of it you know they had to push it back so 
you know that that's you know, that's how it kind of started. But the fact that they, we still look, we still had a pretty thrilling game, even though both teams were shorthanded for various reasons and everything else. So, what impressed you this weekend? This weekend in the NBA? Oh, uh, for the games that were actually played, the uh, the Golden State Warriors defeated the the Boston Celtics one eleven to one hundred seven. Of course, uh, the, the Warriors are, are wrapping up their East Coast road trip. I know they lost to Toronto uh, uh, this past Saturday. Of course, Steph's uh, Draymond Green. Jordan Poole, who's in, in safe health and safety protocols, most of their big guys sat out against Toronto. And I did watch the first part of that game, Lakina, because we talked about it on Friday. Uh, the whole country of Canada, as far as sporting events are concerned, both, for both base, not baseball, but hockey, hockey and basketball, basketball, their attendance has been slashed to 50% until further notice due to this uh, Omicron variant. I did uh, look at that crowd at Toronto. I say host the Golden State Warriors. I mentioned uh, they blew out the Warriors, the Raptors did, but that crowd looked like a like a, like a preseason game. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to see what the move was for the fans. So it looks like the fans weren't bothered by it too much. At least the ones they were able to attend, they got loud, they got crazy, but it looked very eerie. But it's it didn't seem to bother the the Raptors fans that were able to attend uh, the the game on Saturday. Yeah, yeah, they gotta say that. You know, yes, you know, some of the guys, you know, you know, with the exception of Steph, you know, they were missing a lot of their guys. The Warriors were, but I think Toronto looked really good. I know they've had their various <laughs> issues with you know COVID and you know guys and safety protocols. You know, their own yeah. GM, Messiah Jury, is mm-hmm. also you know, he's been his, his safety protocols for a while. But you know, it was a nice performance by them. You know, a, a good bench performance. You know, they had you know about like guys had like almost forty points off the bench. You know, mm-hmm. they they outscored uh, the Warriors like forty, like twenty or something like that. So. You know, you got to give, you know, their props, you know, the Raptors, their props for the performance. Yes, the Warriors were shorthanded, but still, I mean, mm-hmm. but that's still a pretty good Raptors team. So I, I think, you know, let, let's let's give them their props for this win against the <clears throat> against the um, against the Warriors. Now, for me, probably, I guess one of the things that really impressed me, um, you know, because it, it, it's going to get very interesting. I think you got to say Phoenix. I, don't, I know they're they're I know they're. Mm-hmm. uh you know, they, they got a big one against the uh, the Lakers uh, tomorrow night. Uh, that's a TNT game. We'll get to the schedule mm-hmm. in a second. But they looked pretty – they looked really good, too. I think, I think they had a game that was postponed because, you know, their opponent had – um you know, we're going through their own health and safety issues. So, mm-hmm. that game, you know, their game they had was postponed. So, they did what's supposed to do to Charlotte. You know, they beat it by 31. And mm-hmm. – but it was actually also um Devin Booker's first game back. He had 16 points. So, you know, it's like – like I said, it's going to take him a little while to kind of get into a rhythm. So – yeah, so, but, you know, JaVel McGee had 19 off the bench. You know, he's proven to be kind of like that veteran presence that they needed, the Suns needed, that they were missing last year. So, but, you know, the Suns look really good, and, you know, they're right up there in the West right now. Also, to the Memphis Grizzlies, that winning streak stopped last night, losing to the Portland Trail Blazers 105-100. to But the Grizzlies, uh, last Friday, they beat the Sacramento Kings by 20. But the Memphis Grizzlies, they're doing this without John Moran. As I mentioned, Kyle Anderson, Dylan Brooks, uh, uh, Jaron Jackson Jr., uh, those guys, uh, they know how to play, and they played together, and you had to give the head coach credit on that. And the Memphis Grizzlies right, right in the middle of the pack uh, uh, between four and five in the West right now. Will, will it stay that way, especially when John Moran comes back? We shall see, but right now you have to give them their props. 
Yeah, they're ten and two since Jaw's been uh, mm-hmm. hurt. So they, I think he's still going to be out another like couple more weeks, you know, with that knee injury. So it's going to be very interesting to see, you know, how Taylor Jenkins, you know, who, you know, that's the name of the coach for those folks who yeah. don't know. Um, you know, I'm sure he's going to get a lot of consideration for coach of the year after everything that's been going on there. But when Jaw comes back, how will the team look? You know, their their emphasis is more on defense. So. Once Jaw comes back, they're more of an offensive team. So it's going to get very interesting mm-hmm. on you know how they how they you know how they kind of you know get Jaw back into the the rotation here. That's that's going to be very interesting. Uh, it's going to be very interesting there, nonetheless. Also, too, let's give props to the Minnesota Timberwolves. So they went two yeah. and all for the weekend. They beat the Lakers on Friday. That was the second game of that ESPN doubleheader. Of course, Anthony Davis injured his knee. He's going to be out for a month, as you mentioned. But they beat the Dallas Mavericks last night, 111 to 105. Lakina, mm-hmm. Jason Kidd, I'm not going to say he's not the guy for the job. I know mm-hmm. this is his, uh, it's not his first rodeo, but uh, this is his first year with the Mavericks as a coach. I'm not saying fire him yet, but when the when is the tie going to turn? Yeah, but you gotta think though, you know, you know, Carl Anthony Towns has looked really good for the uh for the uh the Timberwolves. And let's remember Pete. He's an all-star this year, I tell you yeah. that right now. Yeah, he's at they're at five hundred right now as we record this. And <laughs> and look, I'm not gonna sit there and say they they may be right there, you know, to compete for one of the uh the play-ins in the West. You know, they're they're playing mm-hmm. for new ownership now, so they're basically these guys are basically playing for their jobs. So yeah. You know, but look, as for the Mavs, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I would say maybe give it another couple of games if by if by this time next month and they're still struggling, I mean, they're also at 500 to the Mavs are, if they're mm-hmm. still struggling, then you might say, you know what, you know, maybe, you know, maybe kid isn't the right fit for this. So we'll just have to wait and see. You're listening to second city sports on, a, on the Monday. We are live in living color right here on sports zone, Chicago city. Lakina are here with you. Lakina since we have a couple minutes left uh, in this first block, uh, let's give, Let's give our fans a, a preview of tonight's uh, schedule for the next couple of nights. And as you mentioned, some games were postponed over the weekend. We have one postponement so far tonight, and that's the Magic at the Raptors. That game will be made up in a later date. But we still have the 70, Philadelphia 76ers traveling to Boston to take on the Celtics tonight at 6.30. That's the NBA TV contest. Of course, you have mm-hmm. the Houston Rockets playing the Bulls at 7 o'clock locally on NBC Sports Chicago, nationally on, on League Pass. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Oklahoma City Thunder, they got a big win thanks to Shy Gildas Alexander. He yeah. had a redemption from last week <laughs> against the against New Orleans Pelicans. He hit the game winning shot uh, last Saturday against the Clippers at home. The Oklahoma, the Oklahoma City Thunder will travel to Memphis to take on the Grizzlies tonight at seven o'clock. You have the Charlotte Hornets continuing on their West Coast road trip. They'll play the Utah Jazz at eight o'clock. Utah, uh, they lost. They lost a, a heartbreaker to Washington last Saturday night. I watched some of that. Uh, the Sacramento Kings will play the Golden State Warriors tonight at 9 o'clock. And then you wrapping up tonight's schedule, we'll have the San Antonio Spurs at the Los Angeles Clippers. Clippers home to bounce back from that loss to the, to OKC. I don't mm-hmm. think they're going to be in a very good mood now. As for tomorrow's games, you got first of the, of the TNT doubleheader. You got Miami hosting Indiana. Miami's doing their best to stay afloat with all their in, you know injury mm-hmm. issues and such. So... We'll see how I look against Indiana. That's the first game of that doubleheader. That New replaces York. Wizards and Nets yes, because that, that game's been postponed. Yeah, mm-hmm. that that was that's supposed to be Wizards Nets. So that that game was pushed, you know, was postponed. Uh, New York versus uh, host Detroit. We'll see how Detroit's looking. Very good. They've I think they've won like three in a row. I think or something like that. So they I know they won yesterday. Yeah. Saw a couple a couple of people I know went to that game against Miami. So you got to think Miami's not, Miami's probably being a very good move for that game. But we'll see. If Detroit can kind of keep it up against the Knicks. 
Portland and New Orleans. I know New Orleans have had some various issues. You know, I know Portland's won a couple in a row. Damian Lillard's kind of getting back to being Dame after being out for about a week. So we'll see how they look. That should be a fun one. Minnesota and Dallas. No, this is this, I'm sure Dallas is going to want their revenge. So we'll see how that looks. Yeah. You know, the home and home. So we'll see. You'll know, we'll see. And also, too, I mentioned earlier the Phoenix Lakers game. That's the second part of that TNT doubleheader. Le- LeBron versus CP3 in their respective supporting cast. So we'll see how the Lakers look and, help, and see if Phoenix can continue their role. Yeah, remember last last month, uh, the Phoenix Suns went into Staples and and gave the Lakers a beat down. Of course, the Lakers were going through their injury issues at the time. So let's see if the Lakers have a better effort uh, tomorrow night uh, as they face the Phoenix Suns at, uh, because they're on a two-game losing streak. Lakina, we had to take a two-and-two two break. When we come back on Second City Sports, right here on Sports on Chicago, we'll review the week. 15 action from the National Football League. There's the games that took place yesterday, yesterday and Saturday. And we'll uh, give you our Vikings Bears preview coming up next hour. We're Tatum Everett from Vikings Entertainment Network and a whole lot more. You're listening to Sports Zone Chicago. AutomotiveMap.com presents the Sports Flash on the Sports Zone Chicago. NFL Thursday night, the Chiefs beat the Chargers 34-28 in overtime. Kansas City 10-4 with the win. The Chargers dropped to 10-6. Three touchdown passes for Patrick Mahomes in the win. 31-47 passing, 410 yards. Travis Kelsey with two touchdown grabs. Justin Herbert had a pair of touchdown passes for the Chargers. 22 of 38 passing, 236 yards. He was picked off once. Mahomes connected with Kelsey for a 34-yard touchdown pass on the first possession of overtime to win it, putting some separation between the division-leading Chiefs and and the Chargers in the AFC West. Scary moment in the first quarter when Chargers tight end Donald Parham Jr. was knocked unconscious. He was stretched off, but is reportedly in stable condition. Kansas City's winning streak at seven. The Chargers had a two-game win streak snapped. For lightning fast sports updates, download the Score app. It's free and one of the most popular sports apps in North America. I'm Chuck Sanders. That's the Sports Flash on the Sports Zone Chicago. Shop 40 to 70% off almost everything at Gap Factory and GapFactory.com this week only. Plus, new deals on outerwear and sweats. Save through December 15th at Gap Factory and GapFactory.com. Do you think it's okay to drive stoned? The truth is your reaction time slow way down when you're high. You not only put yourself in danger, but everyone around you. Stop kidding yourself. If you've been using marijuana in any form, do not get behind the wheel. If you feel different, you drive different. Drive high, get a DUI. Paid for by NHTSA. Fever is a potential sign of COVID or the flu, and the Exergen Temporal Scanner Thermometer has been proven accurate with more than 100 clinical studies. Be vigilant and seek medical advice at the first sign of fever. Be accurate with Exergen. Exergen Temporal Scanners, available at Walmart and other fine retailers. Learn more at exergen.com. That's E-X-E-R-G-E-N.com. Exergen is changing the way the world takes temperature. Welcome back to Second City Sports live on a Monday. We're live and in li- living color right here on Sports Zone. Chicago, Sid, Lakina are here with you. Lakina, let's get into our football uh, discussion of the program as we we will review the games that took place yesterday for Week 15 in the National Football League. We also had a Saturday a Saturday game as well. Of course, we'll talk about the 
issues dealing with health and safety protocols in the National Football League as well. But first, we had to tell you, if you have a question or comment for us, since we have 90 minutes left in the show, you can go to Sports on Chicago on Facebook or Sports on Chicago on YouTube. Place your questions or comments in the comments section. We will get them up on the screen for you. Let's show some love to Money Mountain to our guy Vernon, if we can get it mm -hmm. up. We get it up. There he says, go. are you ready? Yeah, Vernon Fairley. Shout out to Vernon. Money earning Mount Vernon. <laughs> hmm. Are you ready for a Bears elim uh, elimination in the hashtag fire Nagy chance to get louder? That's interesting because <laughs> the Bears are on national television again. We'll mention this comment, then we'll move on to the rest of the league. Uh, will he get louder tonight if they get embarrassed, Lakina? Do you think that will make a difference? I don't know. Yeah, I don't think so. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of at that point where, you know, if you really think, I mean, I don't think there's going to be like that many people at the game anyway. So, you know, I'm not too worried about that. And as for, you know, the fire Nagy chance, I mean, I think they're getting kind of tired and old at this point. I mean, I'm sure he'll probably get let go. It won't be, you have to wait a few more weeks. Now, if the, you know, the bears somehow, you know, embarrass themselves though, I don't think they will, despite, you know, Every, you know, pretty much just about everybody. I know uh, Jalen Johnson, you know, became the latest, you know, to go into health and safety protocol. So he's not going to be able to play mm -hmm. tonight. Um, Sean Desai, you know, who's a DC, will be able to coach tonight. But Matt, you know, but Matt Knight is going to have his Denny's menu of plays, offensive plays. So <laughs> get ready for jet sweeps, get ready for, uh, you know, reverses and everything else. So, um, so yeah, so that's going to be very interesting as well. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't think it's going to matter. You know, the, the, you know, the fire Nagy chance. I mean, I'm, I'm sure they've heard it. I'm sure the, the McCassies have heard it. So I'm not too worried about that. Let's just get to, let's get, you know, let's you know, before we, you know, before we talk about the bad stuff, let's talk about the, the good stuff that went on in the uh, National Football League um, over the weekend. I know there are going to be some games. We'll talk about those games in a second. But, you know, for me, probably the, you know, I'll, I'll start with the, uh, with the uh, very impressive win by the Indianapolis Colts on mm -hmm. uh, Saturday night. Um, this is the lone game, the Saturday game. Okay, we'll talk about that in a second. Um, Jonathan Taylor, once again, you know, if you have on your fantasy team in your playoffs, you know, you're you're good, you're you're off to a pretty good start. 170 mm -hmm. yards and uh and a touchdown and a touchdown, a uh, rushing touchdown. And you know, it but it was actually the defense for the Colts that kind of sealed the deal for them. They had a block, a block punt that you know that yes. they got into a touchdown. Then there was a uh then they, they intercepted Mac Mac Jones a couple of times. Mac Jones actually looked like a rookie. So, you know, now they're you know, Colts are eight and six are kind of right there in the middle for that for one of those wild card spots in the AFC. They know what they have to do. And look, I mean, the NFC, the AFCs, I should say, could come down to that last game of the season between the Patriots and the Bills. You know, we'll see where both teams are by then. But there's a very impressive performance by uh, by the Colts. Yes, yeah, so as you mentioned, Lakina, you talked about this last year as well. The Colts' defense uh, was uh, a top five defense in the National Football League. They had their issues uh, this season, but they stepped up to the plate on Saturday night. I did watch uh, some of that game, and it helps out. Uh, it helps your, your defense has helped out a lot when you have a strong running game. Carson Wentz only threw about five passes. Uh, mm -hmm. In that en entire game, we, we joke about with our buddy Christina, who joins us on Fridays for her picks, uh, that Carson Wentz is injured and he has two bad ankles, which is true. But um, he Colts head coach Frank Wright took the page out of Bill Belichick's playbook. <laughs> I'm going to throw uh, five times, so you, we're going to run this ball down your throat, and you're going to love it. <laughs> mm -hmm. And that's and exactly what happened. And I'm uh, working for them. For them. Uh, Taylor has – now, that's his 11th straight game with a rushing touchdown. That's the longest streak since Ladanian Thomason back in the 04 
and 05. He did it for 18 straight. We'll see, you know, if if uh, Mr. Taylor can keep it up there. Another another game. Uh, speaking of you know, you're staying in the AFC East. You got the Bills. The Bills with a nice win against the the Panthers. Although the Panthers did make it interesting for a little bit, but yeah, you know, it was just too much uh, for uh, for the Bills. I mean, the Bill, you know, too much for the Panthers to to overcome. You know, at, you know, Josh Allen had three touchdown passes. Devin Singletary had eighty six rushing yards on a touchdown. Oh, good, he actually led the team in rushing. Yay! But uh, <laughs> you know, they, they you know, they, they uh, uh, the defense had Cam Newton about four times that they wanted to redeem themselves after what happened the last couple of games. They had an interception there at the uh, Newton as well. So, but overall, you know, probably the best performance that the Bills have had in the last few weeks. Yeah, what I've been saying all season long, Lakina, if quarterback Josh Allen for Buffalo is your leading rusher, you're going to have a problem. Devin Singletary looked great on that touchdown run yesterday. I did watch some of this game live on my computer screen. <laughs> uh, so the Buffalo Bills uh, looked good. The defense uh, held for it. And uh, this is a, a formula for success for Buffalo, as, as we mentioned last Friday on the show. Uh, after uh, losing a heartbreaker to Tampa Bay uh, last week, uh, Buffalo needed this game because you have, I believe they they play the Patriots next week, uh, mm -hmm. and uh, you still have a tough schedule to uh, to end the season. So this is a huge win for Buffalo. Now on the on the flip side for Carolina, they didn't have a kicker in their backup quarterback PJ yeah. Walker. Did you see his pregame? Yeah, um, not, tape trying to kick the ball. His, not good. Yeah, bless <laughs> he looks worse heart, than I do. <laughs> yeah, bless his heart. Some people said it, and, and you yeah. can probably tell that he wasn't, you know, kicking. Thankfully, that wasn't. That didn't end up being the case. It didn't come down to a field goal. Thank goodness. So, uh, you know, but yeah, it was just weird how that all that transpired before the game. But you know, but I think you know, Carolina did what they could, but they just it just wasn't enough for. For them now, one team that's kind of getting sort of getting hot at the right time, Miami, the you know, Dolphins, mm -hmm. they're at 500, holding off the New York Jets. Well, actually, it turned out to be a pretty entertaining game. I saw this game via this little laptop here. Uh, Tua <laughs> had Tua, uh, he had a couple of interceptions, but he, th he threw for uh, two touchdowns. Duke Johnson, who had just who just joined the team, or you know, about this time last week, had 107 rushing yards and two touchdowns. Needless to say, they've signed him for the rest of the season. Big shocker. So, and look, Miami is setting up for Miami to perhaps maybe make a, a playoff push, you know. They've, mm -hmm. considering their schedule, I mean, they got at the Saints, at the Titans, at the Patriots. So, they got a pretty tough schedule to try to, you know, get that, you know, get to like 10 wins so they can try to at least, you know, make a, you know, make a case for the playoffs. But they look pretty good. Yeah, they're still wide receiver Jalen Waddle out of Alabama is in health and safety protocol. Devontae Parker stepped up yesterday with a huge touchdown catch. But did you check out my man Christian Wilkins? Yes. He's doing, that, they're doing the best belly flop. Oh, um, he did that when he was at Clemson. So, yeah, he couldn't really do too much of that. I saw I that this morning on Sports Center. Uh, he did that after they won the national championship. He's a member yes, of the Clemson Tigers. And then he busted out some moves yesterday. Yeah, his second yeah, his second uh, uh, pick six. So that was a pretty yeah. cool moment for him. Uh, his and then he did the Lambo leap. And one of the, one of the fans said, uh, we got to help this big man up. Yeah, I, say, yeah, I want him crushing me. Yeah, I was say, yeah, I think they were actually being, they actually you know, we were nice to him for that. So that was actually yeah. pretty, you know, Pirates fans don't get a bad rap, but they're actually pretty classy, a, a classic group, most of them are. So that's that's pretty cool. But yeah, we'll see how the Dolphins are. You know, like I said, they got a tough schedule to finish up the season. So we'll see mm -hmm. if they can try to make a, a playoff push. One of the shockers here is, um, you know, Detroit upsetting Arizona 30 to 12. I mean, I look, I mean, this really, this is you no. Know, this is not the time to have your worst game of the season. Now, I will say this: so, for all you Arizona fans that were kind of freaking out, um, they lost. Okay, this is actually the third time since 1970 the merger 
that a team with the NFL's worst record be a team with one of the best records, including uh, including tied records. Eight minimum games. You know, the previous two teams were the 95 Cowboys and the 04 Patriots. Both those teams end up winning the uh, end up winning the Super Bowl. So you can take that for what it's worth, you know, as a little bit of encouragement, Arizona. But yeah, they looked really bad yesterday. Now, could it be that made the short week them traveling cross country? Who knows? But it, it just like not the not a good time to have your worst game of the season, Arizona. Now, shout out to the old brother crew, as we call them here here on Second City Sports for Fox, uh, Gus Johnson and Keep Lee. I'm sure they they expected a better game, but they didn't get that. But the Detroit Lions did what they had to do. I watched the majority of this game on my computer screen, <laughs> and. Uh, Dan Campbell, the head coach of the Lions, uh, he put his foot to the pedal and he caught uh, the Arizona Cardinals off guard. The Cardinals actually had a decent drive coming out of halftime, only resulted into three points. But you could tell there was no energy there. Yeah. And uh, Keep Tlaib mentioned that on the broadcast yes. yesterday. Jared Goff had three touchdown passes and all. Uh, Amon St. Brown, I'm not saying he's the number one wide receiver, but that, that young man could play uh, along with Corey Raymond as well. He had a touchdown catch yesterday. So, uh, the the Lions did what they had to do. Uh, they uh, Reynolds had had 26 carries for 100. Craig Reynolds rather had 26 carries for 112 yards for the Lions. Callum uh, Murray did not have a good day at the office yesterday. He had an interception along with a touchdown pass off of 257 yards passing. Christian Kirk had nine catches and 94 yards in the in the only touchdown for the Arizona Cardinals. This was the first loss on the road for the Cardinals this season. Lakina, I think uh, you could kiss that number one seed goodbye for the Cardinals. I think that was consistent for most experts a couple of weeks ago. Now your schedule gets tough. I believe they, I think, I think they play the 49ers one more time. No, they're done with the 49ers. No, they're they play done. the they're Seahawks done. again. They're done with the Rams. They play the Colts on Saturday and then they got to the Dallas yes, after that. Yeah. Game. So. Yeah, then, then Dallas and they finish mm -hmm. up with Seattle. So we'll see where they are seating wise by then. But yeah, they yeah, gotta, they got to win at least two out of those three yes. games, Lakina, at least. Yeah. Yeah. They, I think, they, yeah, they have to. They're going to have to. They want to be like, if they'll yeah. well, at least host a playoff game, never mind the playoffs itself. Now, we don't have to spend too much time on this, but I think this sort of. There's another thing that kind of caught folks off guard. Houston just, you know, hammering the Jacksonville. I mean, look, we all mm -hmm. thought that maybe, you know, with Urban Meyer being gone, that Jacksonville would actually look pretty good. No, not so much. I mean, Davis Mills had two touchdown um, passes. It was really their defense that kind of, you know, propelled mm -hmm. them in that game. So, I mean, I, I don't, you know, I really don't know what else to say about this game. But, uh, yeah, I mean, we thought that maybe they, they would, you know, be a little more, you know, we see a little bit more of you know Jacksonville, but you know that wasn't the case. It was nice to see James Robinson back in the end zone. I know he was the puncher back to now ex head coach Urban Meyer. Mm -hmm. James uh, James Robinson had 18 carries for 75 yards in that first quarter touchdown. Brandon Cooks was the man for Houston with seven catches for 102 yards and two touchdowns. Trevor Lawrence had 210 yards passing. Lakina Jacksonville did hang around. The, through the majority of that game uh they actually came out with more energy uh in that first drive and definitely in that first half but houston jumped on them too early and 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 that was it yeah that was basically the the, the end for for them you know it was really their defense like i said it was really their defense that propelled them and you know just it was just one of those things where you kind of like okay maybe it's not wasn't the, just a coach for jacksonville but that's another story for another mm -hmm. time um you know dallas did what they're supposed to against the giants you know 
21-6, you know, we don't have to spend too much time on it. I mean, I know, <laughs> they, I mean, you know, Dak had, you know, Dak didn't make any mistakes, you know, really any huge mistakes. And it, they, you know, they did what they had to do, you know, to kind of keep up, you know, and start still being the leader of the pack in the NFC East. Yeah, I, I looked at some of the highlights of this game. I know that the game was broadcast to the majority of the nation. I know Chicago's very young um, Bulls TV announcer Adam and me called that game with Mark Schlereth yesterday. It looked like to me that Dallas was just going through the motions. I thought they were going to put the hammer down on the Giants. But it just looked like to me Dallas was going through the motions. Like you said, they did what they had to do. Dak didn't really make any mistakes, unlike last week, which got Washington back in the game with that pick six. But Dallas did what they had to do to win the game. So they inch closer to clinching that NFC East title. Yeah, Trevon Davis did have another interception. Another time for most by any player in the last 40 seasons. The last pair was Everson Walls. You go all the way back to 1981 for that. He's one off from that record. You know, his you know, Walls' record is 81. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we'll we'll see if he can, you know, he's still got a couple of games to do it. So we'll see what happens there. Now, probably one of the games of the day was Pittsburgh holding off the Titans mm-hmm. 19 to 13. You know, big, big Ben, you know, didn't again didn't have to do too much, you know, didn't make any big mistakes. You know, he was sacked three times, but they, you know, but the Steelers sacked, you know, Tannehill four and it was really their defense. You know, Derek Watt, I think, had a, another um, sack. I think he, yeah, he had, uh, yeah, like a second and a half. So he's, I think he's up there. It's, it's right up there for the most by a Steeler in a single season. So he now mm-hmm. league, league is with 17 sacks. So that's a new uh, Steeler single season record. Um, that record, you know, brings 66 and a half sacks now, passing Derek Thomas for the third most in the players first five seasons so you you could probably say he should get consideration for mvp he probably won't but uh just a you know just a grind out performance by pittsburgh yeah you had to get the steelers defense credit casey hayward and uh, jt white those are the two big studs of uh, for this pittsburgh steelers defense they did what they had to do yesterday to shut down the tennessee titans but for the for me as i talked about on this show all year lakina the tennessee titans offense is just so schizophrenic of course ryan Tannehill can have a a couple of bust out performances but uh, when you need him to do it the most uh, he's not there i know tennessee is really going through it with their own injury issues right now julio jones has been a big disappointment i know part of the year he's been hurt but uh, the tennessee's office is 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 schizophrenic they just gotta find some consistency there i know dante foreman had 22 carries for 108 yards yesterday but Mm -hmm. it just seemed to me that you you waiting for something to happen with the Titans office. It just doesn't come at the right time. Yeah, and I think that's the unfortunate part. I know, uh, of course, you know, Derrick Henry's hurt. Who mm-hmm. uh, Julio's been hurt. You know, like I said, he's been a big uh, I don't want to say bust, but it has been disappointed. Also, too. AJ Brown's still hurt too. So, you know, just a this is a lot of injury issues. So we'll see if they can kind of keep it up. They're leading the AFC South right now, but the Colts are right there nibbing at their heels. And I believe they do play the Colts again, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I don't have their schedule in front of me. I guess I don't know. Not they don't anymore. I guess they split their series. But, you know, they had the 49ers, the Dolphins, and the Texans to finish up their season. So they could win a couple and perhaps seal that division. But, again, it's going to be tough. But they, they can't play like that, you know, offensively and, you know, expect to win the division. They just can't do it. Now, going to the 3 o'clock games, um, you know, the Bengals, you know, oh, well, they didn't let us down this time. They beat the uh, Denver uh, 15-10. I mean, I think – you know, a scary injury for Teddy Bridgewater. He hit his head in the turf. He will, mm-hmm. you know, all sides are clear, though. He was released uh, earlier, so, you mm-hmm. know, that's good news there. Uh, Javante Williams has 72 um, rushing yards. Again, you know, they didn't have, you know, you know, the Bengals didn't have to do too much, but, 
you know, that was the, probably an elimination game for the playoffs, I would say, for, for them. But, you know, it's just it's just one of those things where you kind of like the, you know, the Broncos had their chance. They had a couple of chances, I think, near near uh, Bengals territory. They just couldn't capitalize. Yeah, you took the you took the words right in my mouth, Lakina. I watched some of that game yesterday via this computer screen, and that's the same thoughts that came that, that were trying to come out right out of my head. Denver, uh, even after Teddy Bridgewater's injury, thank goodness he's okay. But uh, Drew Locke couldn't do anything. Uh, they couldn't get the ball downfield. They actually had a turnover uh, in that fourth quarter. Uh, yep. They were going to take the lead. Drew Locke was trying to rush the ball into the end zone. He got stripped. The Cincinnati player picked it up, and Drew mm-hmm. Lock—not Drew Lock, but the, I forgot the other Denver Broncos player—stripped uh, the Bengals defender of the ball. The Broncos got it back, but for some reason, the refs uh, called it that the in Cincinnati kept kept possession. I found that rule to be very weird. But outside of that, like you said, Denver just couldn't muster up anything consistently offensively. Their defense kept them in the game, mm-hmm. but and which I thought one of the reasons why I thought Denver is going to pull off the upset. Uh, I chose Denver last Friday. They made me look silly. That was the only late game loss that I had. But you mentioned Cincinnati. Um, as soon as they finish out the season strong, this this is going to be a, the game they look back on and say this is the, the game that perhaps clinched the playoff spot. Especially what's getting going on in the rest of the division. We'll get to it in a minute. Yeah, they got the Ravens, the Chiefs, and the Browns. So they have a very tough schedule to finish up the season. So we'll see where they are. They hope they can keep it up now real quick. We don't have to do too much time on this. We got – San Fran and uh, Atlanta, they did what they're supposed to. The 49ers did. Um, you know, both the Debo Sam both had a, a touchdown a run and a touchdown catch from, well, not, not he didn't have a catch from Garoppolo, mm-hmm. but, you know, they did just enough to win this game. I mean, you know, Atlanta just couldn't get anything going offensively. You know, they did, you know, for a little bit, but, you know, they were just kind of, you know, they didn't show up too much in the second half. And look, I think Atlanta, uh, of San Francisco, I should say, they're starting to kind of you know get it going. They were a little capitale with the ball, you know. They they found the ball a few times. I think it was raining. No, it wasn't raining there, but it was just you mm-hmm. know, it was the ball was very slippery. So there were a lot of um, you know, yeah. They had a, a kickoff uh, turnover, yep. which led to uh, Atlanta's uh, first offensive possession, which they turned, uh, which the four nine Steve has turned them away on a goal line stand. And like you said, they had another turnover as well. But uh, I'll just make this quick. Like, you know, I did watch the majority of this game yesterday in its entirety. The 49ers went back to the 20, 2019 model. Run the ball, play strong mm-hmm. defense. Jimmy Garoppolo, this is the third week in the world. He has not had a turnover. George Kittle, their tight end, has some normal numbers. Six mm-hmm. catches for 93 yards. But the 49ers went back to the 2019 formula, and they got it done against a mediocre Falcons team. Did what they had to do with Neo keep mm-hmm. your pace for them, make sure they clinched that playoff spot. Um, you know, one of the games, games of the week, I, I should say, uh, Packers and Ravens, uh, Packers held on, uh, Tyler Honey looked really good, you know, two touchdowns, 215 <laughs> yard uh, passing yards. He only rushed for also rushed for 73 yards. He was their, the team's leading rusher. Aaron Rodgers threw for three touchdowns and he also broke, um, Brett Favre's record for the most, you know, by a Packers quarterback. So he broke that record that stood for, I think like, like, like 20 years or something like that. And, you know, also to um, A.J. Dillon, the defense, you know. So, yes, I know they went for two, but you know what? I didn't mind. You know, no, you know, this is actually one time I actually didn't mind it because. Uh, go ahead. Yeah, I, I didn't mind. I didn't mind them going for two. I mean, okay, you know, you're look, Aaron Rodgers would have had like, like 40-some seconds left or 42 seconds left. So, yeah, you can play. This is the one time where you didn't, actually didn't mind them playing for the win. It just, if they had a better, you know, that, that OC for the Ravens need to go, I still say, I still say that but 
you know, they, you know, they did what they could, but you know, the Rave, you know, Tyler Hundy is a fine. So I would say keep him. I know some people say, well, use him as a chip to get more picks. No, keep him as long as you, you know, keep keep him because you're gonna if you know, Mark gets hurt again or gets Dane Duff or gets sick or whatever, you're gonna need a guy who is very capable, and he's showing that he is very capable on the losing end. But the Packers are one step closer. You know, they've already clinched the NFC North with that win. Now they could get the number one seed. And that's one of the reasons why we all picked the Packers last Friday, referring to myself, Christine, and, of course, Lakina. Uh, we knew that the Baltimore Ravens would make it close, but their defense is not like it once was. But I would have put pressure on their defense uh, to stop Aaron Rodgers, go for the tie, and then try to play for overtime, put that pressure on their defense. The defense did not look great yesterday. That's probably, I'm sure that's probably why uh, John Harbaugh went 4-2. Mm-hmm. But I still would have said defense, you got to have a stop. Yeah, that's what I would have done. But then again, that's just me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, but uh, yeah, I get why some people are, are you know, are a little, you know, rules about that. But you know what? It, it's uh, this is the one time where I actually didn't mind them going for two. It just didn't work. Now, real quick, Saints and Bucks. I mean, apparently, I guess well, I think that I guess the Saints somehow have you know their uh, the Bucks's number. I think they're what I think like four and zero oh against four or five and zero oh against Ray because they you know the last the last shot that they had it had against the. Uh, I guess Tom Brady was the last time they, you know, they played. Well, the first time they played, I should say, was when he was, of course, playing with the, uh, the Patriots. Mm-hmm. So, you know, just that their diva Cam Hayward had his best seal, has best out on the that he had a couple of sacks. Um, you know, he joins uh, Ricky Jackson as the only players to have 100 plus sacks with the Saints. So that's a pretty cool mm-hmm. moment for him. So, you know, I, I mean, they just couldn't get anything going with the Bucks. I mean, I guess like Dennis Allen, who took over as the coach for the day since you know Sean Payton was out because he had you know with COVID protocols. But you know, I, I guess this is a setback for the uh, for the Bucks. I did not see this coming, Lakina. I did not expect the Saints to play that well defensively. We all know that they're a good defensive team. But did you see a shutout coming? I didn't. If anyone said that they did, you're lying. Okay. Mm-hmm. I know Tampa couldn't get anything going, especially in the running department. I know Leonard Fournette, who left the game with an injury. He's been hot for them the last couple of weeks. I know wide receiver Mike Evans left with an injury as well, along with their defensive star, Levante David. He left with an injury. Brady. Uh, the way you pressure up Brady is with surprise blitzes and pressure him up the middle. The Saints did that last night. I know they didn't have anything to go with offensively. Taysom Hill, we know why he's not a starting quarterback in this league, but uh, the Saints got away with it last night. That was a great game plan by Dennis Allen, who's their defensive coordinator, and like I said, active head coach last night. But it was a great game plan by the Saints. Will they make it to the playoffs? I'm not sure, but uh, Tampa's got some issues, and uh, it's going to be a challenge to see if they can get that number one spot because I still believe uh, they played Carolina twice out of yes. the three weeks uh, where the remainder of the schedule, they should be fine there. But if they don't get their key guys back healthy, uh, they're going to have a tougher role like unlike a year ago. Yeah, absolutely. Now, of course, uh, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll preview the, the other games, you know, the Vikings bears and we have time. We'll play mm-hmm. the games that were postponed, you know, that are being, you know, made up for. So, but we'll get to, We'll get to all that later on, but first we're <laughs> going to preview uh, more of Vikings Bears tonight with Tatum Everett, who is the Vikings reporter and uh, pregame host. So uh, she's joined us coming up next along with Sydney Brown. I'm like Kenny McGee. This is Second City Sports on Sports Zone Chicago, and we will see you in a bit.
AutomotiveMap.com presents the Sports Flash on the Sports Zone Chicago. DeMar DeRozan with nine on the clock, under a minute to go. DeMar, top side three, got it! The action on the Bulls radio network, 115-110 over the Lakers on Sunday. Chicago back on the floor after having a pair of games postponed last week because of a COVID-19 outbreak. DeMar DeRozan with 38 points. He missed two weeks in the NBA's health and safety protocols. Nikola Vukovic with 19 points and 13 boards. Lonzo Ball added 19 points as the Bulls snapped the two-game slide. It was Chicago's first game since December the 11th. NFL tonight, the Bears take on the Vikings. Chicago with 17 players and all three coordinators on the reserve COVID-19 list. Defensive back Jalen Johnson and safety Deshaun Gibson the latest additions to the COVID list on Sunday. The Vikings are 6-7, and seven, Chicago 4-9. and nine, The Bears trying to snap a two-game slide. For lightning fast sports updates, download the Score app. It's free and one of the most popular sports apps in North America. I'm Chuck Sanders. That's the Sports Flash on the Sports Zone Chicago. Fever is a potential sign of COVID or the flu, and the Exergen Temporal Scanner Thermometer has been proven accurate with more than 100 clinical studies. Be vigilant and seek medical advice at the first sign of fever. Be accurate with Exergen. Exergen Temporal Scanners, available at Walmart and other fine retailers. Learn more at exergen.com. That's E-X-E-R-G-E-N.com. Exergen is changing the way the world takes temperature. I'm Dr. Andrea Russo, a cardiologist. Maybe you're waiting to talk to your doctor right now. But if you're having an irregular heartbeat, heart racing, chest pain, shortness of breath, fatigue, or lightheadedness, don't wait. This could be a serious condition like atrial fibrillation, which can make you about five times more likely to have a stroke. If you're having these symptoms, don't wait. Talk to a doctor by phone, online, or in person. Brought to you by Bristol-Myers Squibb and Pfizer. Welcome back to hour number two of Second City Sports right here on Sports Zone Chicago. We're live in Living Color along with Miss Lakina McGee. I am Sydney Brown. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, at CK80, that's SIDKID80. That's SIDKID80. Follow me at Kenny McGee on the Twitter and at Kino Score McGee on the IG. If you have a question or comment for us uh, uh, during our last hour of the show, you can go to Sports Zone Chicago on Facebook or Sports Zone Chicago on YouTube. Type in your questions or comments in the comment section. Lakina will get them up on the screen for you. Tonight is Monday Night Football. We have two games, but the original game that was that slated to play uh, to take place tonight will take place on the late front at 7.15 p.m. on ABC and ESPN. It's between the Minnesota Vikings and our Chicago Bears to help us preview that contest tonight. We're bringing in their, uh, their ace reporter and producer for Vikings Entertainment Network. Uh, it's the one, the only, the lovely Miss Tatum Everett. Tatum, welcome to our show. How are you today? Hey guys, thanks for having me. I'm good. I'm ready for game day. I feel like we've had a very long week getting ready for this game after the Thursday night football win. So I'm just ready to see the Vikings back in action. Speaking of the Vikings, uh, that was the first question I was going to ask you about their 10-day layoff because they, uh, they haven't played in 10 days. Of course, they're coming off a victory over the Pittsburgh Steelers. Here, here's the thing about Minnesota. I'm sure you, you may agree with, with me on this. I know you, you're very close to the team, but it seems like they play almost every game right down to the wire. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and uh, I know certain fans are, are, are saying that 
uh, when is the team when is the team is going to put it together consistently? I know they are. I'm sure they're um, having their concerns about head coach Mike Zimmer. We'll get to that later. But talk to us about the Minnesota Vikings season so far. Let's, they they're taking their fans through a heart attack performances, a mm-hmm. uh, lack of a better term of so far this season. No, that's exactly how I describe it. It's been 12 one possession games uh, in the season so far. It's just been very much. The Vikings seem to start out hot, give away a lead, and then have to scramble to contain there at the end of the game. And sometimes they fall short, and sometimes they get a big win like they did against the Steelers. So, yeah, it's very very much a team that seems to play to the level of their competition, whether you're facing, you know, a Packers team who we beat earlier this season – or you fall to the winless Lions. So it's just been a kind of an up-and-down season for the Vikings for sure. Dalvin Cook, what's his status for – I know he looks like he's going to play tonight. How does he look health-wise? I mean, he actually looked really good against the Steelers. He, you know, yeah. rushing for all of over 200 yards. I mean, that's just absurd that he's, he's leading the league in rushing or is right up there rushing. So how does he look? Is he fully healthy? Is he still a little bit banged up? What's his status for tonight? Yeah, you know, it's funny you asked that. I talked to Dalvin on Wednesday and he said, or Tuesday, and he said that he is good to go. He was in some pain while he was playing, but, you know, that's that's kind of a minor thing. I think everyone at this point, as we are in the last few games of the season, is in pain while playing after such a long, drawn-out year. But uh, Dalvin's feeling good. He wore that shoulder harness last game where he rushed for uh, and matched a career-high 205 yards on the ground. And if they can stick to that this week, I think that'll be – Really key against the Bears tonight, who have you know Akeem Hicks and Eddie Goldman out there, and 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 honestly, after the COVID nineteen list was released for Chicago, it's two of those studs on the defense that they're going to really need to step up in order to stop this Vikings team with their entire secondary out uh, and on the COVID nineteen list tonight. And speaking of the Vikings offense, we all know in today's NFL, it starts with the quarterback. Of course, Kirk Cousins has 27 touchdowns on the season. Yeah, I know many people around the country are not talking about this, but he's actually having a better season, especially uh, in terms of turnover, touchdowns to turnover ratio. But in his six games, career games against Chicago since he's joined the Vikings, he's lost five of them. Do you expect that trend to continue tonight? Or as you mentioned, with the Bears uh, depleted secondary, do you expect him and Justin Jefferson, your second year wide receiver out of LSU, uh, to go off tonight? Yeah, I do expect a big game for Justin Jefferson, and that does come from Kirk Cousins. As long as the offensive line is able to give him enough time, I think that's been the key this season is that a lot of these guys have stepped up at the line and given Kirk some time, and and you can really – correlate that between the games where he struggled and the games where he's been good. The offensive line, if they have any miscues, any penalties, anything like that, putting them in third and long situations, that's when this Vikings offense really struggles. But if they're efficient and they don't make mistakes and give Kirk Cousins time, this offense is one of the best in the league. And and you just see that kind of Jekyll and Hyde nature a lot in this season. Um, I expect a big performance out of them tonight with all of the concerns on Chicago's defense as far as who's in and who's out. Um, and it really doesn't help, I don't think at all, that that Jalen Johnson's out of the game now because, you know, Justin Jefferson is a stud. He continues to be really great. And the Vikings will really rely on him if Adam Thielen is not able to play tonight. And that's still on the table. He was listed as questionable, but there really hasn't been any word. Um, I figure that'll be like a game time decision whether or not Adam Thielen will be ready this week. 
Well, let's talk about the defense for a second for the Vikings. I mean, you know, they actually, you know, Anthony Barr actually made a key stop in that last second, you know, drive that would have, you know, propelled the Steelers to that win over the Vikings on Thursday. You know, you wonder, I'm sure Vikings fans were like, where was this, you know, the week prior, you know, before they lost <laughs> to the Lions, but that's a whole other thing. Um, Pearson's back, you know, from the COVID list, you know, you got Harrison Smith, you know, like I said, I mentioned Barr and also Eddie Kendricks. What can this defense do to kind of like, you know, as they finish the season, they got a pretty tough schedule. They have the Rams after tonight's game. Right. Then they have the, the the Packers who they have beat. They did beat at home. You know, well, they have to go to Lambeau and also they finish up against the Bears. So what do you think the defense has to do to kind of try to like make sure they can, Vikings can make that playoff push? Yeah, I think it's just playing to their strengths at this point. They know who they are. They lead the league in sacks. So it's just continuing to get pressure on fields and, and, and the uh, whatever quarterback moving forward, obviously. But I think the thing when the Lions lost was they were missing so many pieces. You know, Anthony Barr and Eric Hendricks didn't play. Patrick Peterson wasn't in the game. As long as they can keep their veterans healthy and in the game, it's going to make a big difference. I know Eric Hendricks had a practice this week where he did not participate, and people were very concerned. You know, if he's not in the game, that's a very big loss for this Vikings defense. And so, uh, you know, you mentioned Michael Pierce and Dalvin Tomlinson there in the middle. They're going to really need to step up in order to counteract the Bears' rushing attack, not only with Justin Fields, with David Montgomery. The run defense hasn't been a strength for this unit this season, and so I think if they can step up big in this game, um, and, and, you know, Mike Zimmer has a history of – being able to scheme very well against rookie quarterbacks. And so I think this could be another game where we see the scheme of Mike Zimmer showing off maybe more so than the talent on the roster because the secondary is pretty thin as well. I know we talked about the Bears secondary, but the Vikings secondary is a little thin as well, especially after waving Bashad Breland this week. And it has, again, hasn't been a strength of theirs either. And so, um, has to be a big game from Barr, Kendricks, Harrison Smith, Patrick Peterson, and um, and, and Cam Dantzler, who will be starting more than likely against on the opposite side from Patrick Peterson. Minnesota Vikings team reporter Tatum Everest joining us right here live in Living Color right here on Sports Zone Chicago Second City Sports. Sid Lakina here with you, Tatum. You brought up my my uh, brought up my next question, okay. of course, with Justin Fields. So who's going to be that spy? Uh, for, for for the Minnesota Vikings defense, will it be Eric Kendricks or will it be somebody else? I think the pressure will be on Kendricks naturally because, as you mentioned before, when he's when he missed the last couple of games, you could tell the Vikings defense wasn't the same. Now that he's back in there, I think he'll be the difference maker tonight. To at least not not stopping Justin Fields, but at least uh, containing him. Yeah, for sure. I think that's a big, big list of the job duties for EK. Um, Anthony Barr is a great linebacker. They play very well together since they were college teammates as well. So he'll be wearing the green dot as long as he's good to go. And then Nick Vigil's are really great. A lot of times they'll put three linebackers in the game, and Nick Vigil's been a great option for this Vikings defense as well. So, you know, to me, the linebackers are the strength of this defense. And so I do think that they'll be able to frustrate Justin Fields and, and get pressure on. On, you know, I, an offensive line that's allowed 33 sacks and Justin Fields is nine starts. So that kind of plays into the Vikings strategy a little bit. Tyler, how good has Tyler Con Coughlin been this year? I know, you know, he's been, you know, ordered with the tax that we're having to replace, you know, Kyle Rudolph, who was a very popular player there. And, you know, how, well, how much of a factor do you think he's going to be tonight? Yeah, no, Tyler Conklin's always a big factor. He's really improved his run blocking, his pass blocking. But I think the biggest 
thing that we've realized about Tyler Conklin is that he can catch. He can make contested 50-50 ball catches. He's got that basketball player background, so he can get hops. He's got some jump to him. Um, I think that he's stepped up really big this season because going into this year, it was Thielen and J.J., you know, one of the best wide receiver duos in the league. And then you also had Herb Smith Jr., who is very much a – very uh, a, a talented pass catching tight end and and his talent is off the charts. You just saw glimmers of it as Kyle Rudolph, you know, left this last season. It was Irv's time to shine. And then he suffers that uh, season ending injury in training camp. And so it, it's unfortunate to not see Irv Smith out there, but it's been great to see Tyler Conklin step up big this season. Going back to the Vikings offense, uh, Tatum. KJ Osborne, with you mentioned the injury to Adam Thielen, who's missed the last few games. Uh, he he's has some surprising moments this year. Of course, he had the game winning touchdown against Carolina a couple of months ago. Talk to us about his impact on the on the with the Vikings uh, receiving core. Well, it's funny because he didn't have an offensive snap last season, so nobody really knew what he was going to be able to do. And in training camp. <laughs> He looked really good. You could tell that he had been working hard in the offseason to make sure that his number would get called. And as you said, he's made some very pivotal catches. He had the 62-yard touchdown as the Steelers were coming back into the game on Thursday. And that was a career long for him. He had the walk-off touchdown in Carolina. He's had some really big moments. And when you need him to step up, he can. And I just think it's just another weapon for Kirk Cousins to have in his arsenal. Now, like I said before about their schedule, the remaining schedule, it's it's pretty tough. So, what? How do you case you think they have to win? Do they have to win? You know, all three? Do you can you just get away with just winning two through the last three? What what yeah. what do you think? What do you think is the key going to? What do you think, think you know, is the ceiling for them? Yeah, they only have a maybe a one game. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? And they really can only lose one game from here on out. If they Mulligan, playoffs, you know, I mean that's. Mm -hmm. Obviously, winning out is 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 ideal, but you really can't fall short in two of the next four. You're just not going to make it. I know with the Saints beating the Bucks uh, last night and shutting out Tom Brady, that did not bode well for the Vikings' playoff chances. Um, you know, we're still yet to see what goes on with that Washington Philly game. A lot of eyes on how the Washington football team does as far as the Vikings' playoff chances go. But you know, heading into this weekend. They had a 45% chance of making the playoffs, and it went down to 32 with the Saints win. Um, it'll go back up to around 43%-ish when, you know, if they were to get a win tonight against the Bears. So it's really still playing with fire at this point, but they put themselves in this position. And so from here on out, you have to play your best ball, and you have to get these wins over, you know, twice over the Bears, Rams, and Packers, as you mentioned, in order to really control your own playoff destiny. Give us the fan temperature, Tatum, of, of, of the Vikings fans. Uh, of course, I brought up head coach Mike Zimmer earlier, but I know last year they struggled to uh, start the season. They got back into the race. Of course, that devil could have had a death in the family alone injuries last year, so the Vikings fell short of the playoffs. This year, they're around 500 again. Uh, do the fans think that, that, that Mike Zimmer should go if they fail to make the playoffs again this year? You know, I don't really have an answer for that. I don't I don't really know what the fans think. I think it's a very divided situation. But at the end of the day, you have to just wait until it all plays out. You know, I mean, there really isn't anything 
you can sit back and say, oh, the organization will do this. The organization will do that. There's really no feel in the building for that as far as I'm concerned. Um, and so, I, you know, I, I'm just going to kind of wait and see what happens. And, and hopefully Vikings, you know, fans will be happy if they can win out and make it to the playoffs. Which is probably the most important thing at this point. Now, Tatum, I see you're an LSU grad. Um, Brian Kelly is now the head football coach there with him and his uh, southern southern accent. Even though he's you know he grew up in Boston, but that's a whole other story. (laughs) What do you you think? Do you think he fits the LSU's program? And can what 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 are your expectations for him as a football coach? I mean, he's a proven winner. And LSU likes winners. So I think as far as that goes, I think if he can win, he'll be just fine there. Um, You know, a lot of people making fun of the fact that he may not be a good fit down there. But, you know, we had a good fit. And we had Ed Ogeron. And he was, you know, the quintessential guy to to have the job. And he won a national championship. But the drop-off afterwards, I think, really um, left a bad taste in everyone's mouths. And there was a lot of stuff going on behind closed doors. Um, Even stretching into the Les Miles era. Um, I'm, I'm... Excited for the fact that there's a coach who approaches the game very businesslike, who may not be a character like a Les Miles or a Ned Ogeron. I, he has the Nick Saban kind of, this is a business plan. This is a business mentality. Um, and so I, I do like that about Brian Kelly. I, again, I'm more of a wait and see, watch and see kind of person. I'm not going to make, you know, an assumption or a first impression on someone alone, but Brian Kelly is the winningest coach that LSU's ever hired. And so um, the fact that the program was able to make a hire like that of that caliber is very promising. And I, as long as he can keep those Louisiana recruits in the state, I'm okay because LSU, <laughs> I mean, think about it. LSU or Louisiana actually has the most NFL players per capita than any state in the country. So it's a hotbed for, you know, NFL talent. And Nick Saban knows that he recruits a ton of Louisiana players (laughs) away from LSU. So if Brian Kelly can keep some of those guys back in the state, I'll be a happy, I'll be a happy camper. Yeah, considering uh, the state of Texas and the state of Florida, you, you know, those are hot best for football town as well. So Louisiana, um, the state of Louisiana should be proud. Hopefully, like you said, they can get some of that talent back at LSU. We're joined by Vikings uh, team reporter Tatum Everett right here on SportsZone Chicago, Second City Sports. Sid Lakina are here with you. Tatum, let's get to some fun stuff now. <laughs> but, but, uh, but, uh, fun part of the interview uh, going through your website over the weekend. Uh, like you, I saw a, a clip of you on, on the social media, you said that you had your number one sport is football. You grew up in the state of Louisiana. Where did that passion of sports come from? Yeah. I mean, it just, it's honestly stems from my LSU fandom as much as I love sports and, and followed a lot of teams growing up. LSU was it for me. And, um, you know, we grew up not around an MLB team or an NBA team. Really. We just had the saints and LSU and that was it. So, you know, that's kind of where it all came from. My parents are big LSU fans. They're LSU grads. And so, um, I just kind of fell in love with it through my uh, fandom for the Tigers. Oh, very, oh, very cool. Now they do have a bowl game. Uh, I forgot the bowl game that they're going to they're going to be playing. But yeah, so what what are your expectations for them in this game? I, mean, I know they're going to kind of going to be playing for uh, Brian Kelly and his new coaching staff. So what what do you, what's your well, let's get your breakdown of this this bowl? Yeah, game. well, the interim yeah. coach Brad Davis has been. Yeah. Uh, is will be coaching and, and he's been retained. So that's good. Um, 
I don't have any expectations. I really am just kind of ready to start the 2022 season. I want to see what Ryan Kelly's able to do. You know, if the guys get a win, good for them. Like, they deserve it after the, you know, year that they've had. As for the players, I hope they're able to, you know, um, get a win and feel good about what they've accomplished this season. Um, it's been a crazy year down yeah. there. So for them, I really hope that they can get a victory. Um, I mean, there really isn't a quarterback right now. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of weird. Uh, I know there's been talk about having a receiver play quarterback. So, you know, it could be a really interesting game. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, like I said, as long as, you know, they get out with no really bad injuries and they just kind of are able to come together one last time, that'll be that'll be good enough for me. Uh, I saw this uh, uh, clip on your social media page, Tatum, um, during the game last Thursday with, with the Vikings and Steelers. We talk about national brands and worldwide brands regarding football with the Dallas Cowboys, Chicago Bears, Green Bay Packers, and the now Las Vegas Raiders. But the Minnesota Vikings um, organization, they're pretty much worldwide, too. And I saw they have an official Twitter account, the Minnesota Vikings UK. You were interviewed by one of their reporters last Thursday. Talk to us about that experience. I know that had to be very cool. Yeah, well, um, it's funny. The NFL just started awarding marketing rights for yes. the world. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, um, and, you know, each team made bids or not each team, but teams made bids to be able to market their team to certain areas of the world. And the Vikings bid for the United Kingdom and for Canada. And we already had official accounts for, you know, I think the United Kingdom, but our Canada accounts are new. And we're really excited to be able to maybe play games there, um, hold events for those fans. You know, we call them our late night Vikes because they stay up late and they watch us late. <laughs> yes. like yeah. 20 kickoffs kind of stuff. They'll be doing that tonight. Uh, or 120 in the morning. And so, you know, we we're just really excited to be able to expand the brand and and acknowledge all of our fans over, you know, in England or the UK and up there in Canada, which really isn't that far. So it's kind of cool. Yeah, it is very cool. Now, you know, it, it's sort of one of those things, like you said, for your Louisiana girl, you know, growing up, your know, football is a hotbed. So just yeah. as a, just an amazing sort of like your know, group of talent down there in Louisiana. Now, as for as for the Vikings, I don't think people realize what the rich history of the, the team. I mean, they have multiple, you know, divisional championships and, you know, have a couple of Super Bowl appearances, but they haven't won one yet. Mm-hmm. So, you know. I mean, I think this team, I mean, do you think the team, the way it's constructed, can they make a playoff run? Because we've seen, like, weird things happen, you know, wildcard teams come out of nowhere in some cases. So do you, do you think this team's capable of doing that? Should they get into playoffs? Yeah, I mean, I would not I would never rule it out. We've seen weirder things happen before. And um, this team has a lot of fight. I'll say that about them. They b- really believe in themselves, and they have a lot of grit and determination. And if they can just limit mistakes – Um, limit lulls in the game. I think this team could be really good. They've shown a lot of great signs um, throughout the year. They really have. And that's what's so befuddling, I think, to a lot of fans and a lot of people in Minnesota is just you look at the team and you think like they have all the right pieces. It's just sometimes they're just laps. And so you just need it to all come together. And really, you only needed to come together at the right time. And now's the time. So as long as it comes together, you never know what can happen. 
Heading down the whole stretch with Vikings reported Tatum Everett right here on Second City Sports, right here on Sports Zone Chicago. Sid Lakina here with you, Tatum. Uh, without telling my age, well, I tell my age, I'm 29. That's my that's my last offer. But um, uh, going through the the 90s and the early 2000s, uh, we didn't see that much of uh, female sports reporters or anchors. You, we starting to see a renaissance in there now. Now you, you started to see them in play-by-play roles full-time is not just studio hosts or sideline reporting. And I, uh, uh, reading through your resume, you really worked your way up. Talk to us uh, mm-hmm. about uh, uh, who did you look up to as far as role models are concerned to get to where you are now? Yeah, I, I looked up to anyone that I could watch on SportsCenter, Susie Colbert, Hannah Storm, <laughs> Andrea Kramer, you know, all those women that are out there who really just blaze the path for everyone. Um it's a fun job. And I think that that's why I was so attracted to it to begin with Mm -hmm. is just to be able to talk about something like sports all day, every day. It's, it's, (laughs) I don't want to say it's very serious for a lot of people, but it's not as serious as like, if we need to talk about politics or the economy or anything like that. And that was just never my thing. So um, the fact that we can talk about sports, some of the best inspirational stories are from sports. I like all of that side of things. So that's kind of what got me into it. Um, I'm really, really lucky to be working in the NFL, and, I, and I've loved being here. It's only been like six months or seven months, but it's been awesome so far. Um, really sad that the season might be almost over. I mean, we've got a few more months of the NFL in general, and then it starts all over again. So, um, so yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm just – I'm really thankful, and, and it just really goes to show, I think, to anyone out there who – wants to get to a certain point in their career, whether it's in sports broadcasting or not, to just forge ahead, make the right connections, put in the hard work, and you never know what can happen. Well, Have you adjusted just... to the cold yet? No. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> just adjusted to the cold. Whoever says that is lying to you. <laughs> it's miserable. It's Winter. absolutely miserable. Winter coats, that's a, a really good winter coat. That's a, that's a yeah, thing to invest in. Yeah, I got the coat. I got the boots. Got some socks for Christmas. About to buy some battery-powered hand warmers. Didn't yes. know that was a thing. Oh, yeah. um, got the right <laughs> car. I park underground. You know, I'm trying to, like, do all the right things. So, we'll yes. see. There I think I'll go. survive, but I'm not going to, like, thrive. Yeah. You're ahead of the game, though, so that, that's good. You know, those battery power uh, hand warmers, those are, you know, we know yeah, people who use it, so those are, yeah, those are, those are lifesavers. What, what, what advice would you give for a young, you know, female or male that wants to get dump, uh-huh. jump into this and cover the NFL or cover sports? What advice would you give them? Don't say no to anything. Uh, pursue any opportunity available to you. Nothing is too big or too small. Um, you never know who you'll meet. You'll never know what you'll learn. And, and just being as versatile as possible, you know, if, if you can find your niche, that's awesome, but it's also great to be good at a lot of different things. Um, you never know what opportunity will present itself and what you'll use your skills for. And so, um, I, I, that's probably the best piece of advice I could give is just get involved, put the work in and never say no to something, you know, cause you never know what it'll lead to. Great advice there. Uh, last question for me, uh, Tatum, before we, we let you go. Uh, especially during last year, we were all stuck in our homes. Um, m- most of us watched old games and some of us watched old TV shows. I'm still doing that right now via this uh, via YouTube. I've been, uh, without telling your age, uh, uh, I've been I've been right. watching old Saturday morning TV shows, especially with the TNBC era back in the '90s with City Guys, and I'm currently watching the episodes of Hang Time. Did you have any Saturday morning TV rituals, or what was your favorite TV shows growing up? 
Saturday morning rituals. That's a good question. I don't know. I mean, I was a big Nickelodeon kid. You know, I watched a so lot. So was of I. So was I. Yeah. Double Dare was my favorite yeah. show. <laughs> yeah. What was? Double Dare. Double classic. That was a yes. Really I love game shows. So I did love a good game show like Legends of the Hidden Temple or Guts. That's mine. That's mine. That's my favorite. That yeah, I watched my all favorite. that. Anything on Nickelodeon or like Disney Channel. Loved Disney Channel. But I was a big cartoon fan. You know, like I'd watch Looney Tunes too. So yeah, I mean, I kind of watched it all. I love TV. I think that's probably why I got into TV, you know? <laughs> I had no problem admitting it. I watch a lot of television. I love it. It's my escape. I don't care. Um, so yeah, no, I'm with you. I, I like the Nickelodeon Disney channel kind of stuff, but what? I'm a big Disney fan too. So I probably watched a lot of like Disney movies. Well, you kind of ran into my, my next question since, you know, what, what TV show did you catch up on during the pandemic or do you have any current you know, favorites now? Wow. What TV show didn't I catch up on during the pandemic? <laughs> <laughs> in, all, in all seriousness though, and this is kind of totally not in like the NFL sports broadcaster realm, but I had heard so many good things about RuPaul's Drag Race that I watched every single season plus the all-star seasons. And now I love it and I watch it in real time, but I watched like, I caught up on it all. Um, I know, you know, it's not everyone's cup of tea, but I loved it. So that's what I like. I like RuPaul. <laughs> All right, have you ever? Uh, yeah. Be, yeah. Before we let you go, Tim, this is—I promise this is the last question. Have you ever uh, traveled to Chicago before? I have only been to Chicago once. I'm not going to the game today. I work at the facility doing mm -hmm. the post game live show, um, so I'm not there right now. But I—I've um, been to Chicago one time in high school. Gotta go. Obviously, we're really close to you guys. Um, <laughs> I ate. Giordano's Pizza. Solid. <laughs> went to Navy Pier. Good. Went on, walked on Michigan Avenue. And that's all I remember. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I, I remember really loving the city, though. I, I know that sounds really strange. And I'm not just saying that because I'm on a show based out of Chicago. But <laughs> I, um, I remember being there and coming home and telling my mom and dad, oh, my God, I'm going to live there one day. I love Chicago. It was so cool. I don't know why. I just had a feeling about it. I really liked it, um, probably because of pizza, but I just liked everything about it. And so, um, yeah, no, a big fan of the city for sure. Yeah, you, you never know, especially, you know, the, the way this business is. You never know. You may work in this great city one day, so you, right. you, ne yeah, you never know. So as we say uh, in, in Chicago, we have four great months out of the year. So you know, as I tell people all the time that don't live here, you know, come to Chicago during the summertime. It, it's, it's the best city in the world. I'm not just saying yeah. it because I live here. I was born and raised here, but it's the greatest city in the world, in the world especially That's during the summertime. Fair. That's fair. Yeah. No, I've heard it's beautiful in the summer and it's, uh, I love the river going through it. I'm a big, yes. I love cities with mm -hmm. water. Um, being from new Orleans is probably a pretty obvious, but I just love it. And so, yeah, no, I, I'll have to come back during the summer for sure. All right. That was Vikings reporter, Miss Tatum Everett. You can catch her on the Vikings entertainment network and on Vikings.com. Tatum, thank you very much so much for joining us today. Enjoy the game tonight. And where can people catch a Vikings post game live? You can catch it on all the Vikings digital and social channels, whether that's Twitter or YouTube. It'll be live directly following the end of the game. Um, and Robert Smith, uh, former Vikings running back, is our analyst tonight. So we're excited to have him on board. He is so great. Gives so much good insight. 
um, really cares for the team. So if you're, you know, a Vikings fan and you're watching right now, it's a really good show to watch right after the game to kind of decompress and, and, and really, you know, get to hear from head coach Mike Zimmer and Robert Smith and things like that. So, but no, thank you guys so much for having me on and uh, best of luck, I guess. We'll see. Tonight should be a fun one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Win a loss, uh, I'll definitely be tuning in tonight. I'll, I'll send you some proof as well, I promise. So, Sounds thank you so, yeah. so much. Appreciate it. Yeah thank, you so, yeah, thank you so much for joining us. Enjoy the game tonight and good luck the rest of the season. Thank you. Same back Thanks, at Thanks, Sam. Merry Christmas. You too. <laughs> All right. Once again, that was uh, Miss Tatum Everett from Vikings Entertainment Network and Vikings.com. Make sure she said um, catch uh, Minnesota Viking, Vikings post game live uh, immediately uh, following the game tonight on all social on all their social media channels. Lakina, that was fun. Let's uh, wrap up today's show with some more fun topics. As you're listening to Second City Sports live and in living color, see Lakina here with you right here on Sports Zone Chicago. Uh, let, let's take a cool down break and let's finish up strong right after this. AutomotiveMap.com presents the Sports Flash on the Sports Zone Chicago. DeMar DeRozan with nine on the clock, under a minute to go. DeMar, top side three, got it! The action on the Bulls radio network, 115-110 over the Lakers on Sunday. Chicago back on the floor after having a pair of games postponed last week because of a COVID-19 outbreak. DeMar DeRozan with 38 points. He missed two weeks in the NBA's health and safety protocols. Nikola Vukovic with 19 points and 13 boards. Lonzo Ball added 19 points as the Bulls snapped the two-game slide. It was Chicago's first game since December the 11th. NFL tonight, the Bears take on the Vikings. Chicago with 17 players and all three coordinators on the reserve COVID-19 list. Defensive back Jalen Johnson and safety Deshaun Gibson the latest additions to the COVID list on Sunday. The Vikings are 6-7, and seven, Chicago 4-9. and nine, The Bears trying to snap a two-game slide. For lightning fast sports updates, download the Score app. It's free and one of the most popular sports apps in North America. I'm Chuck Sanders. Dance the Sports Flash on the Sports Zone Chicago. Fever is a potential sign of COVID or the flu, and the Exergen Temporal Scanner Thermometer has been proven accurate with more than 100 clinical studies. Be vigilant and seek medical advice at the first sign of fever. Be accurate with Exergen. Exergen Temporal Scanners, available at Walmart and other fine retailers. Learn more at exergen.com. That's E-X-E-R-G-E-N.com. Exergen is changing the way the world takes temperature. I'm Dr. Andrea Russo, a cardiologist. Maybe you're waiting to talk to your doctor right now. But if you're having an irregular heartbeat, heart racing, chest pain, shortness of breath, fatigue, or lightheadedness, don't wait. This could be a serious condition like atrial fibrillation, which can make you about five times more likely to have a stroke. If you're having these symptoms, don't wait. Talk to a doctor by phone, online, or in person. Brought to you by Bristol-Myers Squibb and Pfizer. Welcome back to Second City Sports. We're live in the living color right here on Sports Zone Chicago. Sid Lakin here with you. Last segment of the show. We'd like to thank Tatum Everett from the Vikings Entertainment Network and Vikings.com. Join us in our last segment previewing tonight's Vikings Bears contest. As we said before, Lakin, the game can be seen 
uh, around the country on ESPN and simulcast on ABC tonight at 7.15 p.m. Central Standard Time. So well, those of you that don't have cable, you can watch it on free TV tonight. Also, too, it's also going to be on ESPN Plus as well. Unfortunately, no Manic cast. That will be till near till the end of the season. Yeah. So, you know, no more of, uh, you know, no Manic cast for the next few weeks until the end of the season. But, yeah, should be. It should be interesting ones uh, tonight. Now the game prior to that, uh, the game that's being made up, you know, of course, you know, it was postponed. <laughs> Raiders, <clears throat> Raiders and Browns, that's also good. That's going to be prior to that. It's going to be on NFL Network. Um, what are your sort of, you know, what are your quick sort of, you know, breakdowns of this game, Sid? Uh, let's start with the off the field mess first. I know Raiders owner Mark Davis was upset because the team had to travel across country and they didn't have any major COVID issues. So he was upset that the Raiders uh, couldn't play on Saturday. But Cleveland has COVID issues, which means that Nick Mullins, the third stringer, will get the start today. Of course, Baker Mayfield and Case Keenum, the original backup, both out due to COVID. Lakina, I, I think Cleveland will win the game, but they'll they'll have to depend on their defense, in particular Miles Garrett. I'll bring his name up again in just a, in a minute. We have another subject they would like to talk about regarding him, but the Cleveland they have to lean on their defense, Miles Garrett, and lean on their running game with with uh, Nick Chubb or Kareem Hunt. Uh, that's how the Cleveland's going to get this thing done. The Raiders, I know they don't play that well outside of their time zone. I don't think it's going to be that much of a difference because they had a couple of extra days to prepare for this game. But I think Cleveland has enough to get it done. It may come close to your pre-1980s football, 17-9, I wouldn't be surprised if it ends up being that final score. But it's going to get ugly. But I think Cleveland still should have enough to win because uh, – Cleveland has a short week this week. After today's game, they're gonna have to travel to Green Bay to play the Packers on Christmas Day, which is Saturday. On yeah, so yeah, that'll be interesting too. Of course, you know, Kevin Stefanski will not be there, you know, coaching. So <laughs> that's gonna be you know another thing. So you know, it'll be interesting tonight. So if it gets a little ugly, you know, folks, I think you should kind of excuse both teams for for various reasons. Now yeah. tomorrow's tomorrow's games, you know, there's gonna be I guess a split double header on Fox got Washington. And, Philly. They'll be running Miami. at the same time. Yep, and Seattle and, and the Rams. Now, I don't know how they're going to do it. I know here, here in Illinois, we're going to get the Washington-Philly game, but apparently in Wisconsin, they're getting Seattle and Los Angeles, so I don't know how the heck that's going to work, but how they're going to do it, how they're going to split it. But, you know, this was a missed opportunity by Fox to had like a three o'clock and a six o'clock, but again, you know what? That's a little too much, I guess, for them. But, you know, as Tatum said, you know, a lot of playoff invocations for that Washington-Philly game. Um, you know, the both six and seven plays coming off coming off a bye, but Washington has a lot of COVID issues. I think like half half their coaching staff is gonna be out due to COVID. Yeah. So I just saw on the over that came out about 10 minutes ago. So yeah, it's it's gonna be very interesting, but I already picked Philly, so you know it's it's gonna, you know, I think Philly should win this game. Yeah, I picked Philadelphia as well. Uh, they should have a strong running game with Miles Sanders and Jalen Hurts should should be okay to, to play tomorrow. On the flip side for Washington, as I mentioned, at least if hopefully one of these quarterbacks could be off the COVID list by the time they kick off tomorrow night, Taylor Heineke and Kyle Allen. Right now, both of them are on the safety health and safety protocol list. So uh, Washington, even though they missed and they started Chase Young due to a torn ACL, uh, their defense has stepped up big time in the last three weeks and give head coach Ron Rivera credit, but they they need to run the ball with some consistency, in particular Antonio Gibson. He's their rock horse. I know he had a fumble last week. You know he didn't have the greatest stats, but Washington, they're going to have to play almost a, a near-perfect game to pull off on slightly upset at Philadelphia. I know Philadelphia is still a young team, but they're a game away for going to 500, but 
it's going to take a miraculous effort, I believe, for Washington to win a big road game. Now, as for uh, going, you know, as for the Seahawks Rams again, I know the Seahawks been playing pretty well lately. They they basically have to win outdoor to have even a shot at the playoffs. The Rams might have an outside shot at the number one seed should they win out. Um, you know, for me, I think this is going to be the key. I guess you know the good news is Jalen Ramsey and Daryl Henderson Jr. They're going to be off of COVID. They're off of COVID, mm-hmm. so they will be available to, um, tomorrow. So this should be a this should be a good game. But I think the Rams should they got an opportunity to try to kind of like make a make a, a play for that one seed in the NFC. So I think they I think that's one of the reasons why I picked them to win this game tomorrow. Yeah, I, I had the Rams as well. Of course, Odell Beckham Jr. is off the list. Think they're going to review the Rams. Uh, the, the Rams need to run the ball with some consistency. I They got away with that last week against Arizona. Matthew Stafford played the heck of a game. Hopefully he can continue that trend. That, that Seattle defense is a young but an inexperienced defense. I know they got veteran Bobby Wagner back there, but they're not good uh, against the pass. And we know that Matthew Stafford, when he's on, he can spread that ball around. So I want to see how the Rams can establish that running game tomorrow night because if they can, it's going to make their passing game that much more dangerous. On the defensive side for the Rams, Aaron Donald had a monster game of Monday Night Football last week with a couple of sacks. Can he chase around Russell Wilson and force a couple of turnovers? I want to see how the Rams defense can respond to Russell Wilson. Yeah, that should be should be an interesting game there, as it usually is. You listen to Second City Sports on Sports Zone Chicago, along with Cindy Brown. I'm Lakina McGee. Um, bowl season's already started, Sid, uh, in college football. Let's go to the college gridiron for a second. Um, you know, a tough loss for Northern Illinois. They lost to uh, a close one to uh, Coastal Carolina in the uh, Tail Greeter Cure Bowl on Friday. Uh, they had their chance to win the game. They just, you know, couldn't do it. You know, Coastal Carolina was able to put together a late drive to kind of propel them to that win. And, you know, but but look, a great season for Northern. I mean, no one yes. thought that they would win the, uh, the, the Mac, you know, Mac title they did. You know, they were picked to finish, you know, next to last. But, you know, a good season for the Huskies. Yeah, congratulations to Coach Hammock and, and the rest of their staff uh, for, for a great season. They're the only consistent team in the big-time college football out of the, the state of Illinois. I know there was, some, from what I understood, there was some clock management issues toward mm-hmm. the end of that game. Maybe NIU would have pulled it off. Who knows? But hopefully this will establish a, a culture there, uh, establish some uh, consistency with that program. We all we talked about this Lakina a few weeks ago. Um, we talked about PJ Fleck now, the head coach of the Minnesota Golden Gophers. Or I remember that Northern Illinois had a couple of seasons uh, of winning football, and people thought they should have uh, at the time they had the uh, I call it the BSBCS system, and people thought that Northern Illinois should have been playing in the major bowl game uh, or perhaps or a national championship. Uh, they they were good, but they weren't at the time where Ohio State and the University of Miami were at that time. So. Hopefully they uh, they could become better than Northwestern instead of having a, a season, good season here and there and then have a couple of bad seasons in a row. Hopefully they could become better than Northwestern, have some winning seasons and and get some unknown local talent to stay in the state instead of uh, them leaving to go elsewhere. Yeah, they yeah people forget Illinois is a pretty. I forgot to mention this, but Illinois is a pretty good hotbed too when it comes to college football. To, yep. to high school football too, I should say. So mm-hmm. there's a, the talent is there for you know a lot of them end up going to you know USC or Oklahoma or Texas or Alabama. Yeah, so. and look at the local schools around here: uh, mm-hmm. University of Wisconsin, Iowa, Michigan, mm-hmm. yep. Notre Dame. So, yep. So yeah, they get to keep some of those, uh, some of that talent here in state. I think that would help a lot. Middle Tennessee, if you know, beat uh, Toledo in the Bahamas Bowl. West Kentucky uh, hammers uh, Appalachian State in the highest scoring game in the Boca Raton Bowl. 
the Celebration Bowl, uh, which matches the, the the champion of the MEAC versus the champion of the SWAC. South Carolina State got the best of uh, the fighting Deion Sanders and Jackson State, uh, 31-10. They're uh, the 15, fifth MEAC team, I should say, to win. That so the Celebration Bowl is the fifth uh, college, black college national championship for the school and their first since 09. So uh, that was just a they just you know hammered you know Jackson State from start to finish. If you saw if you saw some of that game, yeah, just, I, yeah, go ahead. Sid, I'm sorry. Yeah, okay. Did you watch any other game with some of it? I or did. majority. Okay, I I watched I, I, I watched watch some of it. Of course, I watched the halftime show. <laughs> we'll get mm-hmm. to that in a minute. The halftime show was just as long as the game, but um. Even though, like I said, Jackson State didn't come out uh, with their best ball. Shout out to South Carolina State. I think that the kids, uh, I think Jason Palmer talked about this on Shauna Maya uh, in the morning uh, earlier today. Uh, the, the kids were, and we'll get to the other part of the story in just a moment, but uh, the kids been been patted on the back, and rightfully so, all season long, coming into the game with one loss. I know Deion Sanders' son is playing quarterback. He didn't have a great game. South Carolina State, I, I believe, had a great game plan. And they stuck to it, and it made uh, Sanders' son uh, mediocre at best. But I think the kids were—I'm sure they were nervous. Uh, they were happy that they're happy that people have been patting them on the back, and, and it showed, especially uh, in that first half. So I, so uh, still, Deion Sanders in Jackson State—he's made a great impact with that program already. So congratulations to him, 11 and two to finish out the year. Uh, that's that's still a, a great job. But getting back to the other side of the story, Deion Sanders, uh, we didn't talk about this on Friday. But we have a couple minutes left to talk about it now. Deion Sanders picked up the number one re- recruit uh, in the country. Uh, uh, the player was supposed to play for Florida State. And Deion Sanders, a former Florida State player back in the day, uh, picked up this kid. I don't have the name in front of me. Uh, he's going to start playing next year for Jackson State. Uh, we talked about this before, like, you know, with this new NIL rule in the um, portal uh, transfer rule. The, these uh, young players, both w- women and men's uh, college sports, if they're not getting any playing time and they're not satisfied with their situation, they can uh, go up uh, and get up and get up out of there, go, uh, transfer to another, another program all, almost immediately. But I want to focus in on the HBCUs, Lakina. We we know before integration in the early 1970s, most all of your black athletes, in particular football, were drafted out of uh, HBCUs in the NFL from back in the day. Of course, we can give examples of Walter Payton, Jackie Slater, Mel Blunt, Jerry Rice, Michael Strahan. Of course, in the 90s with Texas Southern, but. I think Deion Sanders could be the Jackie Robinson of this movement. Hopefully that uh, the facilities, especially around HBCUs, will improve because the, the these colleges are just like the pros uh, in football. It's all about the facilities as well. It's not just, it's not just about the talent, but do you have the best facilities for them to help succeed? And I think we still have a long ways from that. But what Deion Sanders did last week is just a stepping stone. I know things people want to see things happen overnight. It doesn't work that way, but I think this is the first step to, towards seeing positive change within HBCUs. Yeah, I mean Travis Hunter is the name of the uh, the wide receiver from yeah. uh, from Georgia. Um, you know, I think I think it was between Florida State. You know, he early committed mm-hmm. there, but then ended up flipping it and going to Jackson State. And I think you know that I think that's the NIL thing. I think that you know that that played a factor. You know, you can make money. Yeah. You know, wherever you go now. That's you know, I think one of the top one of the top women's recruits went to one of the smaller schools. So I think she was recruited by I think one of the top mm-hmm. women's uh, hoops programs. But I, guess, I think she flipped over and went over to a smaller school. So it's closer to home. So yeah, I mean, look, we're gonna be saying this a lot. 
Now, as for the HBCU acts, but I mean, look, I mean, you know, the guys you mentioned, you know, also Aeneas Williams, Michael Strahan, mm-hmm. you know, among others, you know, there, there have been guys that went to the Hall of Fame that come that came from HBCU. So it's not, this isn't a new thing. Mm-hmm. But again, will this lead to more, you know, some more top recruits going to the HBCUs? Sure, maybe. I mean, especially with the NIL, you think you still make money and, mm-hmm. you know, the facilities and stuff. But, you know, Hampton ended up going to one of the main, left the me to go to one of the mainstream conferences. I think I forgot another, there mm-hmm. was another HBCU school that went to another conference you know, because they feel like there are more opportunities there. So, yeah, it's all going to change. It's all about money. And, you know, it's just, you know, look, I think, look, if you want to go to HBCU or you want to go to a, 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 quote, mainstream school, fine, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. But, you know, just do what makes you happy. Don't feel like you have to go just just because you feel pressured to, you know, go to where you want to go and where you're most comfortable. That That's always been my 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 thought of it. I know there was a young man that went to, um uh what, what the hell was it? Oh, Howard, a basketball player went to Howard. That didn't turn out very well. So, mm-hmm. It, it's it's one of those things where it could be good, but it could also not turn out well. So it, it's, but then again, that's just the case with whatever the college you go to. So it is what it is. But you know, it, it's you know good for him. Hopefully, he can make do. And you know, let's see if you know. Look, I mean, Deion's Deion as usual has been talking a lot of times. So we can walk the walk. So yeah, we'll and see let's, what he does. Yeah, and let's be honest here. A couple more points before we move on to our next topic. Deion Sanders knows most of these kids. I know he hasn't been doing the NFL Network the last few years because he he's been running camps, and he knows most of these guys because he, uh, him along with the other former players are around the the uh, around the college game, the high school game. They r- run these uh, camps uh, throughout the summer, mm-hmm. so he knows that he can communicate to, to through most of these kids and and not not to go away too much from the societal issues but especially uh, affecting us as black americans uh 80 of our households are raised by single moms and uh, for Deion sanders to me may not all but to many of those players uh he's a father figure so he could communicate to those kids in a way that other coaches cannot not saying other coaches are terrible but he could communicate in a language that those young kids can understand that's another factor too. So yeah, there, like I said, yeah, there are multiple factors. It depends on the player, the situation, and such. So I don't, I don't mm-hmm. think you can, we can't really like say anything about it. You know, say anything. What you know, is this going to be the start of a trend? Maybe, but you know, mm-hmm. we'll just have to wait and see. And you know, in the next few years, now to finish up, um, uh, the, the New Mexico Bowl. You know, Fresno State beat uh, UTEP. You know, U, U, UAB upsets uh, twenty eight in, in uh, by, BYU in the Independence Bowl. The Lindy Tree Bowl, uh, Liberty uh, just hammered uh, Eastern Michigan, and their quarterback, Malik Willis, is the second QB ever over the last five years to have three touchdown passes and two rushing touchdowns in a bowl game, joining Zach Wilson, um, who did it a couple of years ago, so that, that when he was still at BYU, ironically. Um, Utah State uh, beat Oregon State in the inaugural uh, Jimmy Kimball L.A. Bowl. Uh, yeah, I didn't know that was a bowl game. <laughs> first, don't, don't, don't feel bad. That's the first year of this bowl game. Also, too, uh, Louisiana beat Marshall in the New Orleans Bowl. So, you know, those are your, your bowl recaps so far. Um, yeah, it's a busy bowl season coming up. So make sure to check out some of the games. You're not going to check out the big ones just yet. You've still got about got a couple weeks for those. But, mm-hmm. you know, it's nice, you know, bowl season coming up. So it's always fun to see these two teams. And, of course, with guys, you know, pulling out, you know, the sea sauce in the top mm-hmm. we mentioned it on Friday the last couple of weeks. So it'll be interesting to see how these, these bowl games finish up. Uh, wrapping up the college football discussion, Lakina, assuming that the Bears will move to Arlington Heights, which I think it will happen, uh, once that stadium goes up, do you think we'll ever get a bowl game? Well, I mean, if it's going to be indoors or maybe if, you know, it's how the facility looks, maybe. I think we probably – I think that's probably one of the reasons why they want to do it too is because of perhaps mm-hmm. maybe get a bowl game. 
Because I know Ridley Field did it for like a you know for a couple of years, so maybe mm-hmm. it's gonna be another reason. It might be another reason why. Because you can get to you could also get the Big Ten championship game, uh, the, the football yes. championship game being there. We we alternate between uh, that uh, the uh, the United Center and uh, it's not Casico Fieldhouse anymore. I forgot what the hell it's called now. Indianapolis, where the Pacers play for the Big Ten title. Mm-hmm. I know New York City's in there too. Before people yelling me at Madison Square Garden, alternate between those three cities, but you could alternate between. Lucas Oil Stadium in that new stadium is going to go off arts and heights for the Big Ten football championship. You get that Chicago money for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's, yeah. So I think that's probably another reason why they want to do it. So, again, still a long ways to go before mm-hmm. any of that happens. So, but we'll see how how it goes. New Dota Body. This is I can see sports on Sports Zone Chicago. Sydney Brown, all the Kenny McGee. We're wrapping things up here in these next about maybe eight or nine minutes as we finish up here. Um, you know, going back to the uh, the game, uh, that that uh, that that Vegas Cleveland game, you know, just coming across the wires. Both Baker Mayfield and Case Keenum don't clear the COVID list, so they will not be playing tonight. So you will be seeing a lot of running the ball, and also to uh, the defense going to have to you know be a big factor here for this game. Yeah, as I mentioned before, uh, Cleveland's defense uh, will also have to carry the weight too because. Of you mentioned of the quarterback situation for the Browns, so like I, said, I expected a lot of ugliness between these two teams, especially to start out the game. But I think Cleveland can pull through and win this one. And I said, uh, I'll bring up this guy's name from Cleveland, Miles Garrett. Now he's ha- having a phenomenal season. He may win the NFL Defensive Player of the Year award. I know there's a rookie defensive end out of Penn State named uh, Micah Parsons who's playing for the Dallas Cowboys, and he's having a phenomenal year. I think he's, he's easily going to win Defensive Rookie of the Year, but should he win the Defensive Player of the Year overall? But but my main question is, this, as we talk about now, the NFL MVP, I know many people have Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers both as, as the top two guys, but you have to consider running back Jonathan Taylor of Indianapolis, and I think you should throw in there Miles Garrett. Yeah, But yeah. I think for Jonathan Taylor and Miles Garrett, if both those teams can – perhaps finish the season strong and both teams make the playoffs, both of them should be stronger contenders for NFL MVP. Now, yeah. as far as the running back, a running back hasn't won MVP since 2012, Adrian Peterson mm-hmm. with the Vikings. But uh, well, you can look this up for me real quickly. Can when's the last time the defensive player, if ever, won the NFL MVP? Hold on, it's been a while. Because I was, think, I was thinking quick. about that when I was thinking about Micah Parsons and Miles Garrett, Miles Garrett in particular. Let me see here. Let me see. Coming across the wires, uh, Buccaneers wide receiver Chris Godwin will be out the rest of the season due to a torn ACL that he suffered last night in a 9 nothing loss to the New Orleans Saints. So Chris Godwin, yeah. uh, once again, will be out for the season due to a torn ACL. So Tom Brady will have one less weapon to depend on heading down the stretch for the regular season and as they prepare for the playoffs. That's a yeah, that's a big loss for that offense. And they you saw how they struggled yesterday. So mm-hmm. it's it's gonna give you tough for them. Um yeah, it's been since you know 86 when Lawrence Taylor won. So it's it's only happened twice. You know, Alan Page mm-hmm. won in 71, just 50 years okay. prior to that. So it's been a while. Or, or I should say a long time since a defensive player has won NFL MVP. So will we see that again this year? We'll see. I mean, look, Aaron Donald's probably going to say, hey, what about me? I mean, I should be up there too. So, yeah, you know, we've seen him play very well the last few weeks. So, again, well, you know, he was he was you know, right there for a couple of years ago. So, mm-hmm. you know, before, you know, I guess he didn't play very well those last few weeks. But, yeah, I mean, you know, it'll be interesting to see what happens there. But, like I said, I mean, you know, should they be, you know, considered, you know, Garrett and Diggs, but – Again, I don't know how 
how they feel about defensive guys. I don't know, but because it's not the glamour position, but right, you know, because we all know it's the office of award. Yeah, so we know we'll see what happens there now. Going to the college hoops for a second. Not much much has happened. The only thing that's happened is that games have been postponed or canceled due to COVID. I know that uh, Kentucky and Louisville was supposed to play, I think, tomorrow, but they got you know, postponed yeah. due to uh, COVID issues, I believe, with Louisville uh, and Loyola, Loyola of Illinois. I mean, just as I was, I was boasting about the fact that they didn't have to worry about it. Just as soon as we we go off, they go on pause because of you know COVID protocol. This COVID sounds just there. this sounds worse than last year, like you know, when there were no vaccines. Right. Yeah. And um crazy. I mean, if you I know Ohio State had their are having issues there, so they had to postpone uh cancel, I should say, one of their games. Uh DePaul. Now this is interesting. DePaul actually had to forfeit their game against Creighton. They were supposed to play tonight, but mm-hmm. because you know, COVID issues with DePaul, you know, the way the big it's the way the big East is doing it, not not how I do it, but that counts as a win for Creighton as a loss for DePaul. Same thing with Seton Hall. They're having COVID issues. They were supposed to play St. John's, so that's a win for St. John's and a loss to Seton Hall. You know, don't look, don't don't shoot the messenger, folks. I, for all you fans of the teams, like I, this is how they're doing in the Big East. I know mm-hmm. other conferences are a little bit, you know, a little bit, you know, a little bit, you know, t- lighter, you know, when it comes to the, the to that and you know postponements and such. But yeah, and um, I know that uh, Northwestern, I think they play Illinois Springfield because they're supposed to play DePaul on Saturday, but of yeah. course, you know, the division with DePaul. So this was an add-on game for them. They played tonight at six o'clock. Um, but yeah, it seems like you know, uh, it's kind of going to happen in the college schedule, Sid. Yeah, like I said, it reminds me of just of, uh, of a year ago when the vaccines were starting to come out. And of course, we know what happened with college football last year. Of course, it, it flipped uh, this year. So it's just I, I don't think it's going to be as bad. I know it looks bleak right now, but I think after this holiday break, I think college football, college basketball will, will get back to normal. We assume them all the players and the coaches are vaccinated. As we said before, we're not doctors, but uh, vaccines are not a cure. It's just, uh, it just uh, lessens the symptoms to get worse uh, if you happen to catch it. So, uh, I, uh, you know, it's a rough time right now, especially in the sports world period, but we'll get through this. It's not as bad as people thought it was going to be, but uh, uh, we'll get through this. Yeah. Also to the NHL, uh, the NHL, I mean, I think what Montreal, they're they're paused. I think uh, it's all the Predators mm-hmm. are also on pause, and uh, the yeah. Blue Jackets are also on pause. So I think a few other teams. I know the Blackhawks have had had a couple games coming up, but they've been uh, pushed back. So you know, yeah. looks like it's kind of freaking happening in the NHL too. It seems like you know, seems to be getting kind of worse over there. Yeah, as we talked about on Friday, and shout out to our colleague uh, Jason Palmer. Catch him on What's Up Cuts tonight at six p.m. right here on Sports on Chicago. Uh, he mentioned this on Sean and Maya on Friday, and we kind of talked about it on Friday too. Uh, the uh, the NHL usually has Christmas break anyway, December twenty fourth through the twenty seventh. Anyway, they've been doing that the last several years, but and we talked about the re- attendance restrictions in Canada. But if these Canadian teams don't start playing around this time next week, it could really get ugly. Yeah, that's gonna be that's something to look out for too. Uh, like I said before, I mean, it's like I said, I don't think they're going to have a total shutdown. I know they were talk, they were mulling over mm-hmm. that decision, but I don't think it's going to happen because they lost a lot. Like like the other leagues, they lost a lot of money. So they exactly. really need this to, especially with the new TV, TV deal they got with ESPN and Turner. So that's mm-hmm. a, yeah, they, they, they really don't have a choice at this point, but to keep these games going. And the Olympics are up in the year yeah. as far as NHL players now, going. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's a lot to, a lot to figure out for the NHL and for hockey. So. Gonna be very uh interesting. So, what else is on your mind? So, before we wrap up here, 
Uh, last comment from me. Congratulations to uh, Golden State Warriors head coach Steve Curry. He'll be the mm -hmm. new head basketball coach for Team USA men's basketball. So congratulations to him on that. I know you mentioned Grant Hills, the new uh, head man in charge as far as picking talent. So uh, th that's a great combination uh, heading up USA basketball going into this new era. Yeah, also too, um, of course, Monty Williams, Eric Spolson, also Mark Few will round up the coaching mm -hmm. staff as well. So that's a pretty that's a pretty good staff. Yes. You know, so that's you know, hopefully they can get guys to start getting guys once everything kind of clears, you know, they can get guys together to, you know, get committed for the world championships, also too for the Olympics in Paris in a couple of years. Yeah. So congratulations once again to Steve Kerr for taking the new gig as USA men's ba head basketball coach. Lakina, uh, real quick, uh, um, less than a minute. Uh, how will you be watching tonight's Bears game? Uh, will you be watching with apathy? Are you watching as an analyst, or, or are you going to use it as a nap? <laughs> well, that's what's well, late, so I don't think a, a late nap that'd be a little bit late, but yeah, I'm look if we'll look if, if our guys, uh, Matt Peck and Big Dave, Big Dave Watson do a hot mic, I think that'll probably be more entertaining than the game itself. Um, I'll oh, didn't know that. I'll probably yeah. be no, 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 they, no. I don't think they they've have it. They haven't announced it yet. That they announced it yet. If they do, ooh, if they do, yeah, I'll be watching it through that. Uh, They'll be the repl perfect replacement for the Manning cast. Yeah, that's pretty much that's pretty much how it how it is. But yeah, I mean, I'm kind of like over it at this point. I just want the season to be over with. I think a lot of Bears fans kind of feel the same way. So, look, if Witch Call starts swearing, then I think well, we might be onto something here. But. You know, especially with you know, with Jalen Johnson, who's probably one of their top uh, secondary guys, is out. Mm -hmm. So you know, Justin Jefferson might have a field day today. So again, we'll see. But uh, you know, it's not supposed to be that cold tonight. But you know, mm -hmm. hey, it, it's look. I, I'm just I'm just gonna be here just to kind of. I'll just keep it on the background like, like I usually do with, with some of the Bears games in recent weeks. <laughs> what about you? Yeah, same here. Of course, I'll tune into our good friend, now official friend of the show, Tatum Everett for Viking, Vikings post game. Uh, live uh, on so all social media, including here on YouTube, following the game. Like, uh, if the Bears win, okay. But, okay. <laughs> you yeah, know, I, I know my buddy Christine Manica picked the Bears to win on Friday. Well, I'd be shot probably for two seconds, yeah, but uh, the intelligent side of my brain says, okay. Yeah, fine. Okay. Also, <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I know, right? I mean, it's going to be interesting. Like I said, some of these, some of these, uh, these uh, basketball games, you know, the Suns and Lakers, that's another game I'm looking forward to mm -hmm. tomorrow night. You know, a couple of other games too. So yeah, I'll, I'll have, and I might watch a couple of the bowl games too. Even though, like I said before, next week's when it really starts to get going. Mm -hmm. So we'll see what happens. But yeah, that's what I'm looking forward to this week. Uh, not the Bears Vikings game, no. Uh, you follow me, Akina McGee, on that. No, you follow me, Akina McGee, <laughs> on the Twitter, and Akina McGee on the IG. You can follow Leo's truly Sydney Brown on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, at CK80. That's S I D K I D eight zero. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-8-0. Make sure you listen to Second City Sports live and in living color right here on Sports on Chicago every Monday and every Friday from noon to 2 p.m. Central Standard Time. That's noon to 2 p.m. Central Standard Time. Slight schedule change, which I'll tell you about in just a second. Uh, right here on Sports on Chicago. Sid Lakina here with you. Sports on Chicago, uh, the app. Make sure you download the app. Make sure you follow Sports on Chicago on all social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Make sure you follow the podcast version of this program, Second City Sports, at War on Anchor. We are available on all podcast platforms, including the iHeartRadio app. Make sure you type in those search engine boxes on those podcast platforms, W-A-R-R -R on Anchor. You can follow the guys at War Media at W-A-R Media on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Thank you very much in advance. For your support.
Like, share, subscribe, and tell your friends. And uh, as the kids would say, one more again, we'd like to thank Tatum Everett from the Vikings Entertainment Network and Vikings.com. Make sure you follow her on all social media platforms and make sure you tune into Vikings post game tonight on all social media channels from the Minnesota Vikings. Yours surely will be watching where the Bears win or lose. All right. So I know you're, you guys are getting your last minute Christmas shopping done, but even mm -hmm. still, you know, for Sid, I'm LaKeen, this is Second City Sports, and we will see you Wednesday because we're going to be doing a special Wednesday show pre-Christmas, yes. you know, our pre-Christmas extravaganza. We'll have our picks. Hopefully we can get mm -hmm. somebody on to, um, to, you know, just to, you know, to talk about maybe, you know, college football or college hoops or mm -hmm. maybe even, you know, the Bears game um, coming up uh, on Sunday. So, uh, yeah, so. We'll be back Wednesday and you'll know, be good to each other and just be safe out there, folks. If you're not going to get the vaccine, make sure you wash your hands and wear your mask. This has been Second City Sports on Sports Zone Chicago, and we'll see you, remember, Wednesday. Bears, holla. <laughs>